promoted it more on my OnlyFans, we might get a little bit more. But I've been I've Good been point. trying to keep that low key. Yeah, I haven't got my. Yeah. I, I'll be promoting on my OnlyFans as well. I just haven't yeah. finished my Simurg and uh, Renfell puppet yet, so <laughs> those are good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I expect the beard to be well done. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I don't Work know. Would you would you make would you do the promo for your only Welcome to the party. We are looking for more. Your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Morg. Joined today by our returning party members. Let's welcome back, Renfell. What up? <laughs> welcome back, <clears throat> V. V <laughs> is here today. Welcome in, V. How are you doing? V Nathan Napalm. I'm known as V. <laughs> it's it's Artist fun. formerly known as Nathan Napalm. <laughs> I love doing this because it's every time I do it, it's like I wonder, I wonder like in what way I can approach the full, you know, like course of like uh, introduction where you are kind of giggles before I finish it. And that I'm just like dot dot V. Stutters, <laughs> stutters didn't work nearly as good as a subtle V, so I'll have to keep that in mind. Friends, welcome back to another show. Obviously, before we dig in too far, we want to give a shout out to all the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this party's bags packed. Provision stock for all of our adventures here on the show. Speaking of the show, if you want to do us a solid, you can give us a five-star review over on iTunes, right? And you're going, yo, Sim, where do I do that? Go over to at the LFM show on our show Twitter. Uh, go there, check it out. Pin post at the top. Go on ahead, click on the link for iTunes. Go over, give us a five-star review. And if you do leave a comment, well, we'll read it here on the show, assuming it's not ridiculous and horrendous, right? Aside from that, you can call in a one five three nine six six four six eight zero one to leave us a show voicemail. We'll play it here again if it's appropriate, or you can shoot something over to some grunt somewhere in the world who I'm sure works for us. Uh, you can send us a message there to uh, the LFM show at gmail.com and some peasant grunt out there in the world of wherever <laughs> will get it to us when they can. I'm sure they're working hard, so I'm sure it'll be soon. But friends. Ooh, I'm looking forward to today's episode titled The Weave. Why is that? Oh, I don't know. The Weave. What is it? The Weave Wills is the Weave. What is it? The Will. Weave Wills is the Weave but, Will. Thank you. The Weave Wills as the Weave Will. Yeah, I like it. It's a, a really great catchphrase from the books, but also from the upcoming show, The Wheel of Time. I'm freaking stoked about it, dude. It's literally tomorrow, and I'm over here going, it's going to be awesome. Oh, I have a feeling. The best part about this is Chris knows nothing about anything because she's never read the books. She knows nothing about the book series. All she knows is that it's my favorite book series and that it's a fantasy show. So she's going to be going into it completely blind, which I think will help with expectations a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm very interested to see what her take on it is because first three episodes dropping tomorrow. Like, um, Mm. yeah, that's, that's my tomorrow basically is going to be geeking out over that for, you know, three hours or however long the episodes are. I'm hoping they're an hour long and not like stupid 35, 40 minute episodes. Like give me a good hour long chunk. Like I just watched, um, jumping ahead of myself. Uh huh. I just, but I've just binge watched the first eight episodes of foundation. 
Um, there's a couple more left. Um, but those are like hour long chunks. And I'm like, why can't every show be like that? Like a full on hour of content. Cause like even the Mandalorian, as much as I love the Mandalorian, it's like, they'll throw these 20 minute episodes at you. And it's like, fuck you, Disney plus, like yeah. give me an hour of the Mandalorian for episodes. Said so you've got one that's 20 minutes, one that's 40, one that's 32. <laughs> eh, fuck off. Yeah, Dude. let let us have a big chunk, and I I think this is a good opportunity to do that because it's not like they're lacking in content to cover per episode, right? As a matter of fact, that's <laughs> yeah, probably true. much harder for them to try to squeeze it into a reasonable time frame mm. than you know. I think Mandalorian, it's more of like a hey, we have this much plot, we don't want to stretch it, so let's just make the, some shorter, etc. But they don't have that issue with this series. No, and I did read – I didn't know this until recently that Rufus, the uh, showrunner, has said that he has, assuming he's allowed to do it, but he has an eight-series, eight-season arc planned mm. for the show, which would be about what Game of Thrones gave us, which was, what, seven yeah. or eight seasons. So assuming – I mean they've already been renewed for season two. They're already shooting season two. Fingers crossed. It would be cool. And also on that note, um, because they're already into season three of The Witcher, and she said that she could foresee she sees seven seasons nice. on her uh, timeline of what she wants to do with that. And Henry Cavill already came out in public and said, I'm all in. If Netflix yep. gives us the go ahead, I am in 100% for all seasons. And Hell like, yeah. Well, good segue, right? Because basically, yeah, basically, we're going to chat about a little bit of like, <clears throat> I guess, our week. You know, Foundation was, I haven't seen it. You were talking about that one. I do have to give a shout out real quick to somebody. Uh, Scribbles, actually, this week, this is this was kind of a cool, this is like a, a cool moment for the podcast. Ooh, that's a good topic on Streamlabs OBS thing. We're going to talk about that too. Oh, actually need call, to add yeah. that, yes. Um, but me, let me add that to the notes here. But I'm going to, I want to, I want to mention something. Scribbles actually posted in our Discord over at discord.gg forward slash simorg, right? Which is where this community podcast is housed and, and all the other stuff and things that I produce. Uh, but in the general chat, he posted something and it was like several days back. And I'm going to actually link it here for you all. This was like a really feels good moment. And I actually kind of like gave everybody on the the sister show for this, the Ashes Pathfinder podcast, which is at like 151 uh 52 coming up this week or something episodes it's 150 plus episodes for that podcast and this one's the one that landed someone actually chatting about us on reddit right so scribbles actually linked this to me and here it is in chat there it is so someone had asked about podcasts relating to mmrpgs and scribbles was like check it out and this guy was like hey i'm looking for you know, someone who does something. And so you've got some of the other people who have bigger audiences and everything, some of which haven't been around as long, but we've been around a while. And someone there, prestigious banana, whoever you are, by the way, said, I enjoyed the looking for more podcasts on YouTube by content creator Simorg. They go over news and video trends at, with most conversations centered around MMORPGs and RPGs. And I was like, that was on the MMORPG subreddit. That was kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. So GG, everybody. People know about us. It's not just isolated to this small little channel of mine. It's awesome. Or all of our domains I, combined. That's actually pretty cool. I'm sure if I promoted it more on my OnlyFans, we might 
get a little bit more, but I've been I've been trying to keep that low key. Yeah, I haven't got my. Yeah. I, I'll be promoting on my OnlyFans as well. I just haven't yeah. finished my Simurg and uh, Renfell Puppet yet, so <laughs> and those are good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I expect the beard to be well done. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I don't Work know. Would you would you make would you do the promo for your only fans? Would you promo? It? Can you make sure to? I don't know. Can you fit it in somewhere into your beard shots? I mean, it's like what do you? I just need to have a beard and, and and assless chaps. That's the only <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a hat. Be like uh, the elephant on it. Anyway. <laughs> Yo. So let's hit let's hit the new stuff and then let's we'll ran we'll randomly hit some of the things that were brought up. We've got something about Arcage Unchained, which I might lose my shit over. Probably we'll do. I'm getting back to doing some more uh what the hell happened videos. People love them. So I'm like listening to y'all out there in the world of uh I don't know, the fuck ever we want to call the crazy internet that we all like the so how did, how how exactly did you accomplish that? And I'm asking because mm. there's some companies out there really trying to figure out how do you get feedback from the community. Did you start a council or that's how a, exactly? That is a great question, Nathan. Exactly, I, I would love there's some companies really I, trying to figure that I, out I, right I, now. I know this is going to be, dude. It's a revolutionary idea, and I okay. know I, I think that like nobody's ever heard of it before. Actually, it's it's All this right. really cool thing you can do is you like pay attention to like the people that sort of we'll call them a community of people that yeah. kind of bolster around your stuff and things, whether it's your only fans, if it's your podcast, your YouTube, you know, you could be a small YouTuber. It's still relevant, like feedback, but it's this re revolutionary idea of actually uh, reading the comments and stuff people say, and oh, actually wow. taking oh, yeah. that information and like listening to it and going, wait, so the vast majority of you are telling me that this is something you like, and then kind of mm -hmm. going, well, maybe I should try that. Wow. I know, Dang. right? I know. It's Dang. like, I feel it's like a gift, really, you know, I, that, that I can yeah. even think of this sort of so, stuff. So you listen to what they say. <laughs> And then you do something I, that I, is like what they say. Is that I pretty? Can I understand? I guess if it's you want to crash course. Folks. I guess it's if you want to simplify this brainiac idea of mine, sure, you could call it that. Okay. All right. So you heard it here first on the LFM show. That's how you do community content right. for the communities. Right. Listen. Yeah. Uh, then you take that and you do it. I mean, I know it's basically it. I mean, Dang. if you want to, if you want to, you know, if you want to just dumb it down to that, I guess, yeah, we could just say that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All right. You know, I know, I know I should, I don't know if I should have actually like, actually, you know, like really talked about this out loud or maybe I shouldn't have shared it because now I'm kind of worried someone's going to take my idea and capitalize on it. You know? Nah, they won't. Don't worry. <laughs> like, <laughs> Redfield's Red just, Red just all giggling up there. Like, <laughs> what can i say guys i don't know man we had our uh we had our last dnd uh last sunday we had our dnd uh we did another kind of like playthrough kind of getting our kind of getting ourselves you know prepared and stuff and uh it went pretty good like i gotta say man i'm feeling pretty good about fantasy grounds actually feeling pretty yeah. good about it i think we've worked out most of the kinks yeah. um I think now it's just going to be kind of smoothing out the, you know, our own sort of mm -hmm. inconsistencies with using the program. Yeah. Um, Chris got back yesterday morning, so I'm actually 
going through it with her tonight for the first time. She's having her first training session tonight. So she'll get two or three sessions under her belt by the time we get to this upcoming Sunday when we go in and we do like a one-shot uh, playthrough. Because um, originally we, we thought we might live stream on the 21st, but I think we all decided last week that we wanted to do one more training wheels, make sure that we've got everything as well-oiled as possible before we'd go live. Um, but it's pretty, you know, obviously there's some stuff like we had to figure out, um, like the companion thing that, mm-hmm. that threw me for a whirl because that's not something that's as easy as one might think considering how, how a lot of the other stuff is automated. But once we figured out how to do the workaround on that, um, getting a wolf companion in there that I think that worked out pretty well. So some of it, I think there's still going to be some learning stuff as we get deeper into it. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's a, uh, it's a pretty cool program. I think it's oh. worth the money for sure. I have to yeah. do have to make sure I tell people too, by the way, if you're, if you're watching this over on my YouTube where this is housed, you might want to go check a video that came out yesterday. It was actually a some plays video. I was actually playing. Oh yeah. An adventures tell, which is, uh, the demo that you can go pick up. What a freaking tease, by the way, dude. Right. You literally let us play right up until the point when you you're like, oh, I'm about to. And then it's like, thanks for checking it out. Here you go. And it's like, fine, I guess I'll put these links in the description. But, you know, it was pretty it was pretty good, man. I I tried not to explore too much. But if you want to go check out a quick little playthrough where I don't explore everything, but kind of talk about like my thoughts and feedback, I did check out Renfield's demo. I know Nathan already did, too. So you can go check out the our little videos on our channels talking about that. you know, and our feedback and thoughts and all that stuff. And most importantly, there's links in the description so you can go check it out for yourself and try it out for yourself and download it. Do all that. I recommend it. It's fun. It was pretty good, man. The funnest thing for me, and I thanks so much for your feedback guys and your videos. Um, The funnest thing for me has been seeing people uncover the Easter eggs. And so far I've seen, some people have found the Wheel of Time Easter eggs. A couple yeah, people have yeah. found uh, the I mean, Saga of Leucemia Easter eggs. Yes. A couple of people have found the Hobbit Easter egg. Mm. There's um there's even an Easter egg when we did the the test playthrough with our with our patrons a few months back. During the live roleplay sessions, we came up with this, you know, dating guide for elves and dwarves, and that got snuck in there. Um no one has found yet though there are one, two, three, four Firefly references that no one has mentioned or come across yet. Really? And they're very subtle. Um, like they're very subtle and they're all in the tavern. So that's that would be a, a hint. Mm. They're all in the Stony Brook Tavern. Um, but there are four subtle uh, Firefly hints for brown coats out there. Uh. So I had a lot of I had a lot of fun doing like putting that stuff in there. Um and my brother and I actually because he's he's we just did the mm-hmm. first dev video. I was totally sidetracking now, guys. It's okay. Um, he just did his first uh, dev video. We put it out on Tuesday. He's going to be doing this weekly series where he's doing like these 18, 15, 20-minute episodes on how to use Unreal with the toolkit that we're using to build a point-and-click adventure game. And so he's nice. going into this stuff, and he's fleshing out the rest of the town right now. Nice. And it's been, it's been pretty fun because we've been sitting down. We've done our last couple of brainstorming sessions on Wednesday nights, and we've talked about where we're going with the rest of the how we're doing the storyline and for people who like the secret sauce i mean it does spoil the story for you Mm -hmm. it does 
um, it's going to spoil the book. It's going to spoil the tabletop campaign. It's going to spoil the adventure game to some degree because you're going to know some of the plot points. But if you like that kind of stuff, it gives you a good look at how we're mapping out. Like we need this quest to go here. Then it's going to come back to here. Then it's going to go up to here, then back to here. These locations are extra, but we're going to put little things over here so that you need to go over here to get things for quests. Um, and it's a lot of fun mapping all that out and then, you know, putting it in is a lot of work, but once it's done and you can actually see people play through it, I think the funnest thing for me though, has been watching my six year old nephew play through it. Nice. Um, because he is a, I can remember being older than him, you know, by a bit, probably eight or nine years old when I first started getting into point and click games, but I can remember that magic in my brain happening and it's pretty fun to watch him be like completely engrossed in the laptop screen and just be like, nothing else is going on right now. Cause he's just totally immersed right. in, and figuring stuff out. It's been pretty cool, dude. So it, it was, I, I, I gotta say like the thing that I think is like respectable is like when a developer just gives you something to try yourself, like to check yeah. out, you know, that's like representative of the vision. I feel like that's the thing I, I find more and more, especially this year, it seems like I always fall back to that. You know, I did a couple things today that got recorded that'll be coming up. And I found myself today talking about the vision. Are you adhering to the vision? Did you give us a vision? And I feel like even if you don't have like a tangible roadmap of, of fixed points, when you share a vision, you give people goalposts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so like, I, and, I find that just give us a vision. You give us a goalpost. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't tell us the vision, yeah. then what happens is people make up their own for what they thought your vision was. Mm. And they're more likely to be disappointed when the game launches and it's not yes. the preconceived vision. They Unrealistic thought. expectations. I give, a, I give you a good example yeah. of a game that I'm really looking forward to, but I don't feel like they've done enough to kind of tell us what the vision for this game is. And I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed or not understand um, is uh, uh, Elden Ring, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just, they made up their own decision on what the vision is. They think it's open world uh, Dark Souls, right? I'm pretty sure that's more than that, right? Like mm -hmm. it, it, the vision is a lot deeper than that. But some people, that's all they want. And they thought they just assumed that's the vision, mm, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, it can be damaging not to not really to do it, which yeah. brings us to another amazing discussion point, you know, um, which actually we're going to we're going to have a conversation that relates to our title today. And um, oh, hell with the What the hell? Good old dream world, man. Dream world, man. It has Got yet it. to establish a vision. And I, I did a, a a short like kind of gameplay slash review sort of thing that's going to be coming out soon. And basically went there and I was like, they're organizing their YouTube and putting together videos and catalogs. And, but I, we talked about the one with like the, <laughs> how to, it was like, it was something like, um, advanced. It was actually called advanced kiting skills. That makes me cringe. It, it oh, made boy. me cringe too, because it was literally like, you're going to want to jump backwards and shoot with your bow. And I'm like, Oh man, this is a, Where's the vision video, homie? Because it's still just a clusterfuck of assets tossed into a fishbowl that you're showing off over and over. Got to give it to them for organizing their, you know, their dream world 
YouTube and, and trying to organize it and put it together and all this. It's a damn shame you're not actually, in my opinion, showing us something meaningful. Um, well, you know, it's hard. It's hard to do a vision on a scope of something as big as you're right. It's something that's a dream. Right. You know? Yeah. Like it's like it's like saying, yeah. what's the meaning of life, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's infinite. It, it, it's it's yeah. anything you want it to be, it's, right? That's the thing. That's the thing. How do you really? That is the vision. How can you really? <laughs> I mean, oh my God, that's it. We're just thinking too small, right? We're just yeah, thinking too gotta, small. Yeah, you, you got to dream bigger. Up. Yeah, you got to back up. Picture so big. You got to. You got to. You got to move back and be like, oh, I, their vision is. <laughs> any generic thing insert here that sounds like a good marketing ploy, such as live out your fullest dream uh you know um have the most fun you've ever had in your life you know and the real the real question though is like we actually have to evolve and like really advance our thinking a bit further than that by really posing the question to ourselves like is the dream too big or isn't it (laughs) right yeah true True. And really allow ourselves, I think, to digest all of these different assets and creatures and things that we experience in the world that seem so vastly different from one another in terms of like design to really, you know, ask, is it really that we just don't get it? Or is it that the dream's too big for our small brains to conceive of this notion that they're trying to lay out for us? I think that's yeah. the real thing. That's that's really it. It's yeah, really I, that I just need really, to <laughs> My tiny brain cannot comprehend <laughs> your massive amazingness. How grand your brain is. Yes. When you guys step out, when, when the game is out and you yes, step out yeah. into this world and you right. literally see millions of people on your screen at the same time in one area, then you'll, then you'll understand. <laughs> uh, when we step into a dream world, one might say. Yes. Right. Yes, well, I, I think, gotta... and and to be honest, I think you're going to have to be asleep to actually experience what the game is actually promising. And to be the waking, yeah. the waking mind will yeah. not be able to comprehend. No, right, you're have to be asleep. better. Better be prepared to walk on clouds because if you can't do that, then I don't think you can dream high enough. The servers, enough. the servers run better when you're unconscious. As well. Oh man, we enjoy this too much. You gotta gotta have a little bit of cheese for the kind of wine that's coming up right now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, serve the cheese first uh, insert the, the cheese the cheese before the wine that's the trick <laughs> that's the thing i've learned after 60 episodes now which by the way hammers up everybody thank you for 60 awesome episodes together and right. <laughs> they call it the american dream because you have to be asleep to believe it, it <laughs> check it out let's just jump on in and we'll we'll talk about the obs bit we'll talk about the arcade and chain bit can we talk about let's just okay can we talk about how about how about fuck you guys activision blizzard like activision really right how about fuck you guys dude right how about f off dude and why is sim so whatever about this like you got some fucking nerve dude you guys whoever and i'm just gonna you, you gotta be some chauvinistic assholes in my opinion to 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 do what you did you gotta be an insensitive dickwad right technical term i think it's an evolved term we gotta like learn to use more often you're a dickwad right because only a dickwad's gonna go out on social media and actually troll people about the bullshit that's been going on behind the scenes in your own company 
Like you are, you all think that you're so fucking good, don't you? This isn't to the developers. Keep in mind, this is not to them, right? Right. This is in almost like upper fr- upper management. This is in frustration about this sentiment that I know impacts them. And yeah. it's like this upper ad- management, like you all really are going to be like, hey, we're going to change Bobby Kotick's name to Freddie Dweedle or whatever the hell it was. I don't even remember because it's not a meaningful thing. You're going to go and post this and be like, we're going to change it to this. Everybody OK? Are we good? Are we or whatever it was they said? I'm paraphrasing like, really, dude, really, you all are going to go and troll people about this after by the way, the, the the Blizzard's first female co-leader only got equal pay after tendering her resignation. This is the one that recently joined them, yes? Let's take it away. Let's just dump jump on into this this fire because what? Wow. It's been a bad few days for them. And wow. And the Wall Street Journal report being the first I've been I've been all I like I've been reading like six, seven articles a day on this for the last couple of days because I've been just eating it up because there, there is an aspect of the train wreck to it where you just can't look away. Yeah. But I think it's also a perfect case study in what not to do if your company ever does get successful, because um, I think the, 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 the dominoes started to fall when mm-hmm. it, when it, when it was revealed that Bobby Kodak has had multiple um, sexual harassment suits against him in yeah. the past prior to his position as um, CEO of Activision Blizzard, and all of these, by the way, were settled out of court. Which, hmm, what else looked like that? I'm thinking, um, what's his name? Who was that big movie producer who's been in jail now for like several years from the Me Too movement? Uh, one of the brothers, and I can't remember his name. For all of a oh, sudden, yeah. Um, oh my god, this is escaping me at the moment. But yes, right. But his whole thing was. I never did anything wrong. I've never been caught. I've never been a case against me. It's never. Jeez, and you look back dude. and it's like, you've had like 30 cases against you that have been settled out of court. And the excuse for these big, rich assholes is that, well, look, I've never been actually charged with anything. So I haven't actually done anything. All these things are settled. Weinstein, out of court. right? Weinstein. That's it. Yeah, the Weinstein. Thank you, buddy. Harvey Weinstein. Um, you but go. you've got all these big, rich assholes who sit there and go, it was settled out of court. It was an amicable settlement. Nothing happened. Nothing. I was never right. charged. Nothing. And and that was like the, the dominoes started rolling with with reports of that past misbehavior on top of him obviously turning a blind eye to what's been what has been going mm-hmm. on for years at Blizzard. And then I think on top of that, just the 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 public finding out now about Jen's uh, internal messages and like how her, how her statement to the public was actually written by Bobby Kotick. Like she didn't even write that whole statement. Like he wrote it for her and then it was published in her name. And then after she's out of the company, it comes to light that, Oh no, I wasn't offered off equal pay until I said I was quitting. And they were like, no, no, don't quit. We'll give you equal money. And I'm like, no, because you've already shown to me that you're never going to change. You're just trying to set me up as your token woman to try to save face. I don't want to be that person. I'm out. She goes out and now these internal documents are being released in these internal messages where she was complaining to leadership. You've also got messages from what is his name? Ibarra, the other co-lead where he was complaining to management that, Hey, she needs to be getting equal pay to me. Why is this not happening? 
you know, and, and all of this stuff. And now there's this meltdown where yesterday we had a walkout of a few hundred employees, which in the past 24 hours has now surged to more than 1000 employees signing a petition to get Bobby Kotick out. And you also have granted, it's a very small investment group in the scope of the investors. They represent 1% of Activision Blizzard, but you have a group of investors who have called for Bobby Kotick to step down and for the two other senior leaderships who have been in positions of leadership since the mid nineties to also step down boy, because they're not helping the situation. We need new leadership. We need representation. We need women. We need people of color. We need LGBT plus we need all, we need change is what they're saying. Um, And then you have, Blizzard's tone-deaf response of the leadership making a statement saying, ah, Bobby's the greatest guy ever. We totally trust Bobby, and he's the perfect guy for this. You're just – you're it's all just nonsense. He's the perfect guy to lead our company. And meanwhile, you've got the heads of Sony and Microsoft coming out. Xbox, saying, actually, yeah. Actually, I don't, I don't know that we want to do business with yep. Activision Blizzard anymore. Like, you guys are – coming off as super scuzzy right mm-hmm. now like the xbox chief says he's evaluating relationship with activision i'm just like it's horrible though right like it is it is actually so insulting right i mean you have an opportunity right it's simple like fire the assholes that are that are fucking people over it's as easy as that you get rid yeah, of the I'm- people that are fucking people over but instead you bring in what we, we say token woman, but that's essentially what happened here. We bring you in to save face, right? You're going to, you're, you're doing it just to, you're literally doing, we, we talked about it. Like it's probably just save face. It's probably just to like, okay, show you all that we're doing the right thing by you all. You know, it's this fake initiative. You couldn't even get that right. Cause you weren't even paying her in equal pay. This is like basic. This yeah. is like basic. I- after you've already been caught, right? And it's super obvious yeah. what everybody's mad about, right? right? And so then you try to save face, which, you know, nobody really fell for it, right? Like they started, you know, right. putting women in, in these places real quick. Like we knew it was bullshit, but I at least thought that because right. they had already been caught, that it, they were being treated appropriately, right? Like it's one of those things where it's like, no matter how, awful of a person or people you are typically once you get busted and the the doors open and all the skeletons start coming out of the closet generally then after the skeletons are out of the closet your closet is clean right like right i can't believe that while the doors were open and skeletons were in the closet they stuffed more skeletons in the closet while the doors were still open like (laughs) like what that's almost unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievably scummy, man. It is scummy. And and the, the excuse that they gave, which is like, well, technically, you know, she was on an existing contract when she got switched over. Doesn't okay, matter. if I get promoted at my day job, I immediately get an associated pay raise and a right. new contract and new perks and mm-hmm. immediately immediately yes and and the excuse is that well you know she was just on her previous contract when she got moved over to leadership no and, nah, man That's if she was moved up. into a leadership position immediately new contract new yeah, perks absolutely. new terms new salary yeah. yes yeah obviously i mean who would basic 
It's <laughs> like, basic. I didn't know there was any other way, right? Like, yeah, new position, renegotiation of pay. Like, that's the way it goes. It's uh, business always, 101. Always. You would think, considering the circumstances, that you'd be like, this is fundamentally the first thing we need to make sure we're doing right too like a fucking fry cook at mcdonald's gets a goddamn pay raise when he moves up to be like assistant manager of the fucking uh, store like no right. shit you yeah. don't just go we're gonna keep with you at way, your pay because your contract like, overhead no, too no yeah, those yes. things are handled by general manager not a group of people a big right. mega corporate it's not like it's not like mcdonald's corporation has to get involved in, and you know what i mean like that that's sad. One dude handles that across the entire ecosystem of our economy in random positions mm. of just basic business. That like doesn't, it, it, that doesn't here's even, the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. If they would have said, because here's the only plausible explanation I can think of, right? This isn't the case, but trying to throw him a small bone here. If they were training her for the position, right? which typically you don't put them in the position. You train them first before you put them in position because the money comes with the position. So you typically put them uh, as in training or, you know, whatever position in training or whatever. That's the only excuse they could have had, but it's already been proven that that wasn't right. the case. So it's just, it's just like, man. And I said this earlier mm -hmm. before we went live. No wonder the game has been sucking, right? Like no wonder they've had right. trouble you know, coming mm -hmm. to obvious terms with what they need to do with their game. Absolutely. It's pretty clear now that they just literally have no idea what they're doing, right? Like about anything. So no wonder the games is, has been suffering for years. Uh, it's, it's amazing actually that anything good has come out of this company ever, to be honest, because some of these problems go back before Activision. We can't blame everything on Activision anymore. Blizzard, it turns out has been a crappy, horrible, yeah place to work uh, for a lot of hit. people for a long time right like yeah. blizzard is yep. a problem not They're, just that we can't nope. for years we're just like oh it's activision nah. activision see blizzard's still good we no. love blizzard we hate act nope attached no, at the no hip ever since they got in together they've been attached to the hip man you can't have one without the other i think i made this comment when we first started talking about this weeks or months ago whenever it was and i made mm -hmm. the rock star analogy and the more i look at this the more i really do think that that's what happened to blizzard is that they got so big so quick with the launch of world of warcraft that they went from a small little team building cool single player games you know warcraft starcraft mm -hmm. and then they launched this you know world spanning mm -hmm. multi billion dollar thing and they all of a sudden all become millionaires and celebrities yeah. and it was just like I, I look at motley crew as like the perfect example of like you hit that level and then it's just cocaine hookers and blow like it's just you just go off the rails and you're just completely out of your gourd yeah on the 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 fame and the money and the drugs and the sex and the product and the band just starts to it might yeah. take 10 15 years for that to completely fall apart but it does get to the point where the band just implodes yep. and and blows up it, because of if, all these issues if you do the math right when they were at their peak world of warcraft which was roughly i don't know somewhere around um 
2010, uh, 12? Uh, the Lich King expansion, somewhere in that realm, right? Okay, um, yeah. When they hit the, I think it was something roughly 64 million, right? Uh, if you just mm -hmm. do the rough math, not counting the expansion money, right? Just the monthly subs, they were making roughly a billion dollars a month, right? Right. Uh, just on the subs, not counting their other IPs, their other games, the expansion costs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and people transferring and uh, uh, all the service fees. Not even counting that, just the subs. It's about a billion dollars a month, right? So that's big, right? Like that's uh, that's an explosion. Now I don't think that's a good excuse because typically you got a billion dollars, you can expand your team, mm -hmm. you can get m more professionals on your team, you can you now your options are endless as far as what you want to do to try to manage that right yeah. um so they don't get a free pass but i can definitely see where some uh, corruption entered quickly mm -hmm. and uh started the deterioration for sure yeah. i mean it's a it's a lot of money folks uh mm -hmm. you know you start managing millions or you know uh you know tens of millions and two billions um you you got a whole new business on your hand it's not the same thing anymore no, and I can't even mm. I can't fathom. I've managed I've managed tens of millions in my time. I've never gone beyond tens. I think I've never gone beyond. Yeah, me, me either. Yeah. Current so, business I manage is tens of millions. Yeah, right? that's the biggest I've done is tens. And 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 that's a lot. It is a lot. a lot. It yeah. is a lot, but at the same time, it's it the scope of it is manageable in your mind when you're sitting down and looking at, we have this many employees yeah. across this many States. They're all drawing an average of $75,000 a year, benefits, health insurance, all this stuff. Those numbers pan out, you know, and yes, there's profit here and there, but when you take the transition into hundreds, when you've been a tens of for a long time and suddenly you don't even, you kind of skip the hundreds. You go from a tens of millions a year to billions of dollars per year you've skipped this whole middle range and i i think you there's i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to a music quote um that i that i it was actually a really cool interview with elton john which i think it it, it makes sense in this scope of this conversation he was talking about when he first blew up um and his manager at the time um he was comparing himself to uh, some of the artists of today who go from being a TikTok sensation to selling out arena tours, and they've never done anything in between. And his manager, when he grew up, when he first made it big, he could have been selling arena tours when he was blowing up. But his manager did this strategy of saying, no, 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 here's how we're going to break into America. You're going to go in and you're going to do these little clubs and you're going to sell these clubs out. That's going to create hype because everyone wants to go to your shows, but they can't. And so when you come back next time and you're headlining and you're doing a stadium show, people are going to go buy your tickets because they assume that they're not going to be able to because you were sold out the last time you were here. However, what you're also learning as, as well as building hype for your audience, this is the best part of his manager's uh, strategy. You're going to learn how to perform in front of 250 to 500 people crowds before you go to 25,000 man crowds. And the importance of that is so that you learn to appreciate 
the gap of going from a 500-man show to a 25-man and 100 show to a 10,000-man show to a 25,000-man show. And also so that when you get to the 25,000-seater show, after you have run that out and you're no longer the big star anymore and you got to go back down to the 5,000-man shows because you've hit your peak and now you're back down again because every artist has peaks and valleys, you won't feel that disappointment because you're not going to have that idea in your head of, well, I'm a headliner who sells out arenas and that's what I'm supposed to be. And I've right. never done anything yeah. in between. And I kind of look at that and go, I think that that's what happened to Blizzard is they went from mm -hmm. the 500 man show to the 25,000 seater arena and they skipped everything in between. And as a result, they didn't know how to manage anything. Yeah. From, you know, from a, from a managerial perspective, from a, a, a human resources perspective, mm -hmm. from a, an emotional you know, perspective. I just feel like they lacked all of that. It was just a bunch of people high on money going, woohoo, we're blizzard. Yeah. And I think too, though, um, we can take a look at some uh, fairly recent events, right? And we can say like, there has to be on it at minimum on an upper management level, there has to be some uh, emotional intelligence happening too. Like yes. you mentioned that. Because we have examples of people who started low, slowly built their way up to it, have plenty of time to kind of uh, uh, adjust and, and be and be ready for the for the big time uh, on YouTube. Right. That's a really good example where they and how many times do they start, you know, building, building and they gradually grow and then they get big. But, it, you know, some of them blow up overnight, but that's not common. Usually it's a pretty gradual process. And then once they hit the big time, they, they, you know, it's kind of that mentality of uh, hookers and blow and they just freaking lose it. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. suddenly they're a lunatic and it's like, dude, like it really is that hookers and blow mentality, right? Like some people have that. Some people don't. I'll give a good example. A lot of people don't like him. Oh, well, he's done really well for what he's for getting huge and still being true to himself and his personal vision for his channel and his content has been gold, right? Dude yeah. still lives exactly like he did when he was poor, right? Yeah, I saw he, that. Yeah. Who, who knows how much money that guy has in the bank, right? Millions. God bless him. He he's a millionaire, hard. yeah. Bust his ass. And he he's earned it all, in my opinion. But uh, look at how he's just still the same guy. N money did not affect him, right? Like fame, fortune, he doesn't – he's still the exact same person he was when when five people were watching as he is now with hundreds of people and thousands watching him, right? Like he's he doesn't have that hookers and blow mentality. He's also interesting because his persona is a lot different from he has his personal channel. Right. I enjoy his personal channel. I, love I don't that. really yeah. care for his gaming stuff. Like some of his gaming stuff I enjoy, but most of it's a little too over the top for me. Yeah, it's, it's for entertainment. 100%. Right. right. But I like when he's just sitting on his porch and he's just talking about shit like a normal dude. And I'm like, that's the Zach that I like and know. Yeah, that's the real Asmongold. Zach, right? Like, that's yeah. him. Asmund Gold is his online persona. persona. That yeah. It still is him, but that's just him. It's like a hyper version of him. But right? I, like, like, I like the fact that you talked about that. Like, he he's even talked about, he's like, he's like, I don't, he did an episode, uh, I want to say a couple months back, and I don't, avidly watch his content but i do catch it once a week or so and he was he did an episode where he was talking about how it was right after the twitch leak and and money was like people's numbers were, sure. were 
yeah. dropped. And he yeah. was talking to me. He's like, I'm not going to confirm or deny. He mm-hmm. says, all I'm going to say is that number is roughly accurate. He said, it's not completely accurate, but it's roughly accurate. He's like, but he's like, you guys know me, like look around. Like he says, the money doesn't matter to me. He's like, it, it, it literally is set up and it goes into a bank account and I don't check it. I buy groceries when I need them. I pay rent when I need to, or whatever it is, you know, I just take care of the bills. He's like, and pretty soon, cause this was his, when his mom was still, you know, failing. And, and he was talking about how, you know, no. I gotta, I gotta worry about my mom's care now. And so, I mean, that's, it's all going to that right now. And it's all going to this, that, and the other. And he was just very realistic about, you know, I'm not living the rock star mentality and the money it's just a side effect of me doing what I love and having been successful at it. And I appreciate that there are people out there who can maintain that level of stability where Chris, this is funny. Chris and I literally just had this discussion today. We were drinking wine with lunch before our nap and, uh, cause wine naps are the best. Um, <laughs> and we were talking about how like Johnny Depp, when he hit the peak, you know, and he was pirates of Caribbean famous and he was, you know, buying islands and making $30 million a year on, on films. And he was, it was, it came out that he was spending like $30,000 a month on wine. And, and that, that number is mind boggling to me, but at the same time in the scope of making $30 million a year, you know, just on a salary from a movie. And then you've got residuals from all your previous films and you've got all the perks of being a movie star and free flights and free hotels and all this other stuff. It would seem like you have an infinite supply of money. Nicholas Cage got into the same issue in the late nineties, early two thousands, where he was just making $50 million a year and just blowing it on like yeah. cars and castles and paintings and art and stuff. Because some people, can't handle the responsibility of being wealthy. Whereas other people like Asmongold, it doesn't really change anything. It's just, I, there was a guy I know I met years ago. I don't remember his name. He, he owned a print shop in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, where I, I lived for a few years up in the ski resorts. And um, he was very wealthy and he had the, like the biggest and I, one of the only print shops in town. And this has been years ago. Print shops don't really exist anymore too much. But um, he, he, I remember having a conversation with him one time, and he was—he he literally said, "I can remember the transition point for me when I went from being like middle class to being rich." And he said, "The only thing that has changed is I don't have to worry about my groceries anymore." Yeah, he's like, "That's the only change money made for me." He's like, yeah, "I major still drive." Life change, yeah. He's like, "I still drive the same car I've been driving for twenty years. I still live in the same house I've been living in for twenty years. Nothing has changed other than I don't have to worry about buying groceries anymore. Like it's just I could buy whatever I want, and that's it." But that mentality to me was like, "I wish all people could handle wealth that way because it would, it, we wouldn't see these types of situations where." People yeah. go off the rails um, or on the rails, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of elements to that too, that <clears throat> I think are a bigger conversation for me that, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to comment on it because I want to. Um, but I think that there's like, I can say from my own experience. So like, and I, it's, it's a big reason why I think sometimes that can happen. But you know, when I was younger and in my earlier twenties, you know, I was like, I want to have a really good car. I want to have this, I want to have that. I want to get the things that are trendy and whatever. And, you know, now I'm like, I'm 40. And at 40, 
I don't care as much about money. And it's interesting because when I stopped caring about money, I had more of it. Yeah. Right. Yes. It's only, and there's a, there's a key to that. I think welcome to the money podcast. Um, right. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, this is something my brother and I have talked a lot about in the last couple of years. It's only money. Um, that's a, that actually is a difficult concept to grasp for some people. But if you think about it, it's only money. What is the one thing that you have in your life that you can never make more of? Time, man. Time. Time yeah. Limited. Money you don't know how much just, you have. Yeah, money's just there. You can always – this goes to my crackhead comment a couple weeks ago, that joke I made. But the the <laughs> the money thing is you can always find ways to make money. It doesn't matter. There are ways to make money. But time you can't get back. And so it's it's unfortunate when you see people wasting – Yeah the resource that they've been given in, in this fashion and ruining, not just ruining a franchise that millions of people have loved, but ruining people's lives, like over money. Like that's, that's sad. That's Mm -hmm. very sad. Yeah. Yeah. And in their case, I don't think they're even doing, making the bad decisions over money. I think they're making bad decisions over just being hard headed in the way that they want to go about business, which is a toxic business mindset and they don't want to give that up they like that bad atmosphere they created and they don't want to give it up man well it makes you wonder too because you know i mean there's like man I'm, I'm i'm trying real hard to keep my background in psychology out of this but there's there's an element of that you have to think about which is like the culture that's been fostered and you know sort of like reinforced over so long how much of it's really maintaining the sense of like power and control that you probably sure. already really enjoy that brings you what you, you know, probably underlying of like who you are as a human being that you, you, you desire. I feel like, I feel like that's the entire leadership team at Blizzard Activision yeah. right now, like standing behind Bobby Kotick and being like, we fully support him. He's doing great. And it's like, Feels that way. you have your, you have your, you have like the entire world against you. You have a huge chunk of your employee base signing petitions. You've got investors wanting him out and yet you're all standing there. Like, no, he's perfect for the job. And I feel like that's them saying, look at all the money he's made, all of us. Why would we give that up? Like, this, these are just peasants and ants beneath us. That's like, exactly the way it sounds we, to me. Yeah, we have, we are Blizzard Activision. Fuck off, you little peasants. Like, that's how it feels yeah, to me. I don't, I don't care about your opinion. We are the Blizzard Activision that, that, that makes the world the way it is. And we're going to stand behind it because it's worked for the past. 20 years. It's really unfortunate. You know, it's, it's sad. The best part about being able to talk about all this, like openly and out loud, as I can say, this is what it seems like. And it feels like, and not a fucking thing that they can do about it because those are my thoughts, my feelings. And you don't own that shit. And there's no legal backing. That's going to stop you. Stop me from being able to communicate that here in the good old U S of a, at least. Right. So although recently yeah. somebody's trying, you guys saw that mm-hmm. the Popeye's switch game that was kind of garbage. Wait, and, what? Uh, you guys I don't know. have I heard. seen okay, that? So, what? Yeah, so there's this kind of you know kind of shovelware. You know, it's nothing special, and it's Popeye. But but the thing about Popeye is is in the past there were really good Popeye games, right? Like I'm not some Popeye fan, but like there was a really <laughs> good game on the NES. There was an arcade game that was really good, and then we really haven't had any games since then, right? Yeah. I, Never would have even thought about Popeye. Right. But some company uh, 
small company that made a game of Popeye that released on Switch. And um, this big YouTuber, who's actually a Popeye fan, was excited, like probably one of 10 people who pre-ordered the game, you know, uh, got the game, paid for it himself. No review copy, nothing, right? Bought the game himself, played the game, reviewed it, said it was garbage, right? Uh, this game sucks. They've ruined the, you know, the mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, just a, it's just a shitty game, right? Um, oh, that sucks. You can watch a play. You can watch somebody play for thirty seconds and be like, "Yeah, I see where this goes. It's a crappy game." Um, but that anyway, the company then is trying to tell him he has to take his video down, or they're going to file a lawsuit. What? Now, obviously, I don't think this is going to go anywhere because no. he's entitled to his opinion. Yes. They didn't. There was no terms and conditions. He bought the game. When you purchase a game, you're allowed to speak freely about it. Yeah. A period. There's no contract. There's nothing. Right. But it is happening that a company's trying to say you're not allowed to give your opinion because that's slander. Slander is not the same as having an opinion. People just as a little. It's not. Goog, you know, maybe before they decided to like, you know, like go after him they should have like looked up the definition of the two words and actually recognized which and they should have also realized that this guy's a big got a big name people respect him he's a really nice guy oh and what? that's even worse the fans are going to completely be on his side right like um pretty crazy yeah that kind of just man it just makes me wonder anyway i feel like i'm gonna probably go on about this a lot in another john uh, john riggs is the youtuber he's a, like a super nice retro uh, I mean, heart of gold. Like, I just can't even imagine somebody attacking this guy. Yeah, or like Cheryl said, or maybe figured out what would give them even worse publicity than just letting it go. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Exactly. Exactly. There's no. actually... Oh, go on, go Sorry. On. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, there, there is a, um, from a legal standpoint, if anybody has ever looked into slander, libel, stuff of that nature, one of the first things a lawyer will always tell you is... The first decision that you have to make is, is it really worth it to pursue yes. that slander or libel charge? Because mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, it is personal feelings being hurt as opposed to actual slander or libel having taken place. Sure. Yeah. And you have to be able to take a step back and separate your emotions from that and determine, is this really slander or libel? Um, because exactly. there's, 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 there's two different types. There's just normal slander libel, and then there's criminal slander libel when someone is actually making a comment with the intent to harm yeah. and to prove that in court is extremely really difficult, yep. um, because of emotional mm-hmm. uh, attachments that people and, have. And let me just and, say that and, in, this and review, in head, no way, right? this was a Popeye fan saying i am disappointed i was really right. excited mm-hmm. and this is kind of just yep. he didn't even say this game is garbage right. or that you know he, he didn't was bummed talk bad about the company he just it was basically like i don't buy it it's not a good game right like if don't <laughs> you're better off not even experiencing this <laughs> yeah. uh, than to uh come in here with any sort of excitement you know that's basically the review right like- it was that's, Super nicely put. Like he could have been way rougher. Yo, I'm sure. I'm sure his feelings were hurt a lot more than what came out of his mouth, right? Uh, yes. So super professional interview or a review, and uh, they just didn't like it because, you know, nobody's going to buy the game. <laughs> this is literally what we started the show off with, isn't it? This is the guy you ask to help you to make it better, that you learn from, not the guy you try to burn. 
Now, in his in my defense, opinion. you hadn't you hadn't given us that strategy yet, Sam. So there's oh. no way you could possibly <laughs> known to do that. That, that, that you know, I'm hindsight's so, 2020. I guess I mean, it's a good point. You know, we they if they had just been here for this show, then they could have gained my monumental wisdom that people no, only from dream. From this day of. forward, there's no yes, excuse. There's right. no excuse now. It's, it's out there. Right. Yes. We got the, know. and the clips exist. They can be shared. People can always like share it with their friends. Like if you need right. to know, you, it's really about a listening skill. You know. It's about it could revolutionize skill. everything. Right. Revolutionize right. Everything. Right. I need to really remind myself of like, you know, I have a really important monumental pro tip that I came up with that no one's ever thought of before. Here Obviously, it is. Nobody thought of it, right? Nobody. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Obvious? Oh, OK. I'll be moving on. You got, you got people trying to put together councils and like, you know, have these meetings and Google searching you, keywords. You just needed me. You just needed me, right? You just need to be watching this show and you could have learned things and it would have cost you nothing, right? It would have right, saved well, you everything, though, right? It would have saved you billions and yeah. allegedly, possibly in an imaginary world or a dream world where that's actually may, how things work. It, and maybe when maybe when you take that advice, you you'll be less likely yeah. to say things like you think you do, but you don't. Right? Maybe, maybe things like yeah, maybe that won't happen. Or don't you all have phones? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> what magazine would you like our models to be designed after? Oh, Bill, that age the worst. Of man, all. there are so many really good like life lessons and just pro tips for develop you know company leaders and things i think that they can take away sure. from this show this we should have not we shouldn't have called it the weave we should have called it um pro tips for the bewildered or, or wondering i don't know <laughs> anyway moving on you know speaking of like life lessons and stuff um or just you know hashtag dweedle moments i don't i don't know i i always term the, the word dweedle as like this is the most dumb ridiculous thing i could have possibly imagined somebody would do can apply to you, can apply to others, can apply to situations. Um, Dweedle, Archage Unchained, what? Uh, Ooh. Hold on. The game that was being re-released with a different, you know, in a different flavor or format, which sucked, in my opinion. <laughs> and now, Cacao Games announces a subscription model for Archage Unchained. The game! that was never going to have a, a subscription model. It was a buy and you always play it free. They already tried to come back and start to monetize like content when they said they never do that. Here we are. It, you can't trust anything with the name Arcage, okay? And now we're kind of questioning whether even Unchained is one that you could trust. That's a different story for another time. Everybody caught the reference. Unchained stuff, guys. And, it ain't working. Unchained stuff really just means tethered, chained, and bound. Yeah. It, you Keep know. it chained. It was it was it was uh more it's, manageable yeah, when it was chained. Okay. This this whole arc age or unchained stuff, it only gets you game explained by devs and people in a position of being real unhappy because it feels like you've been lied to, or maybe perhaps that's what's actually happening. I don't know. I'm just a guy with thoughts. What do y'all think about this? Like, this is I like, don't see, I don't see how they couldn't have lied. Right. Because 
the thing was, was yeah. Arcade wasn't yeah. doing good because of the pay to win aspects. People right, were pissed. Right. It was a great game That's ruined it. by yeah. pay to win. You're right. And You're right. Yeah. 90% yeah. of people agreed it's yeah. pay to win. It's garbage. True. So they said, all right, yeah. let's save face because this is a good game. And it's being ruined. So True. let's yeah. re release it as camp. Uh, sorry, I almost said the wrong game. Arcade <laughs> <of> Pain. <laughs> uh, somebody would have found out if I did that. Uh, but this time, to, to save the game, you pay full box price, and that's it. You're good. Play the game, right? Yeah. And, and now they've decided, well, hold up now. Also a subscription fee. Like, dude. No. I understand that you have to change monetization sometimes, right? I right. do understand that. That You may say it's a free-to-play game uh, uh, with a cash shop, and then later you add a, a subscription on top of that. Uh, et cetera, uh, premium service, and, and and or you may start sub, and you have to go to a premium and cash. I get it, right? You got to do what you got to do mm -hmm. to keep the lights on. Right. But yeah. when you sell, resell your game again as the reason we want you to give us whatever it was back then, 50, 50 I think it was forty nine nine nine, uh, is because that's it. That's all you'll have to give us, and 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 all the cash off will be cosmetic, and that's it, right? And that you can't go back on that though, right? So like it's the only reason we gave you money. I got again. I got a question, man. So here's a good point. So Cicada is pointing out the thing that we need to be aware of here, and it's true. Sure. Okay. It is not going to be under the same publisher, but does that really matter to us? I don't think that matters. They inherited, they bought the vision, that, right? So they inherited the promises, the dreams, I the, agree. everything that came with that game when they bought it. Okay. True. They don't get to say, well, that's the way it was. They can, obviously, they're going to, but I mean, it's doing, not yeah. morally correct to do that. No, because they purchased that with those things came with the buy, right? It's, this is funny because I'm, I'm thinking to another game that we know about, uh, which did a name change recently and, and <laughs> right? told, all of its, told all of its people that, oh, don't worry, you're still getting the same product. And it's like, you're not though you're and not, what yeah. a lot of people don't understand is there are contracts um behind the scenes in a lot of cases which bind the company in question to certain terms and and if you've ever this goes beyond that company but if, if you've ever bought a business from someone um you inherit all of their debt you inherit all of their contracts you inherit any of their obligations that they had made during the previous tenor. So looking at this situation, it's like this, because yes, from a legal standpoint, if you can accept the consequences of those, of just basically saying, fuck off to all previous, like we don't care about what came before, this is us now, new company, new game. It's like we're launching a brand new product. If you can weather that storm and mm -hmm. come out of it ahead from a financial standpoint, which is what they're trying to do, then some companies will look at it and say, well, let's do it. But Nathan put his finger on something that's very important. Morally, it is not the right thing to do and ethically and all that other stuff. And the customers who in today's age are – business savvy but with their wallets and have the internet at their disposal on an international level they're not going to let that fly it's i just it's a stupidest business decision i've ever seen um i just now, can't fathom it 
my my optimistic side, and I see somebody uh, is actually happy with the changes in chat. So I do have an optimistic when I first read the story. My optimism side said, hey, maybe, though, that if they get the income needed, they can actually design this game the way it was designed to be, right? Like, this was this is a good sandbox MMO, right? Uh, if the developers play by the rules. The problem is when the developers inject things that are contrary to the vision of what the developers had in mind when they built the game, it becomes garbage, right? And that's what happened to Arcage. It isn't a, sh a crappy game. It's a really... Freaking good, good MMO that should be competing with Final Fantasy fourteen, yeah, Elder Scrolls Online, etc. It should be. I agree. The only reason it's not is because real quickly we were like, oh, it's a cash grab, piece of crap, and people ran away. Um, you know, and that's that's sad. So hopefully, even though it's not ethically correct what they're doing, I don't agree with it. I do still hope that they actually are going to get rid of all the cancerous things in the game. And this is their only avenue. They looked at it financially and said, this is our only avenue that we can truly fix this game and not make it a steam and pile garbage, right? We'll see. Time will tell. Time Still will tell. screwed up what they did, though, no <clears throat> doubt. But they have to fix their image. It's kind of like Final Fantasy XIV. They had to remake that whole game. Why? Because this isn't some one shot of our franchise, right? If we damage, this is what they got to be thinking, right? Like, our arcade the name is damaged right like it is bad goods True. right we have a sequel in the works we have to fix arcade yes. one before yep. we even Arcage can two. even ask mm -hmm. people to give us money for arcade two yep. right is there really a sequel in development there is yes, yes. i did not know that mm -hmm. yeah the game explained us how to what pay to win means when they announced arcade two and so pretty scary. Oh yeah xl games is also the one that's going to be so it it's possible okay so back in what was it? Uh, this is like 2020. So uh, we we've almost a year ago now. Her we've been talking about this uh, even further back than that. But you know, back in September, founder of XL Games, legendary games developer, Lineage One, Jake Song, build that. This is coming from the news uh, on MMO Culture here. It said that uh, had started using Unreal Engine Five, right? So they were going to be using, right? Four. So Cacao should have XL Games, right? Is that true? And then Kakao's making this announcement. So if that's the truth, then they're bringing Arcade. Mm, wait a minute. Did, did Kakao just get the North American side of Arcade? Oh, that's or did a good they point get Arcade in total? I'm not sure on that. I, I don't know mm. because that's a big difference. Yeah, because it is a Korean game. Right. It says Kakao Excel, quarter right. one 2021 financials. Arcade two won't be ready until at least 2024. So it looks like it's under Kakao Games, but yeah, okay. is it? But is it all? Is it both sides uh, it, or just? I don't know. It probably they got the whole thing. Chat. That's coming from chat. So okay, okay. okay. So I, if that's I thought, the case, that's what I thought. If that's the case, then this could maybe be a positive choice. But the thing is, the time will tell part because right now the 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 bat the big battle they have to overcome in my opinion is they're gonna have to show us right not just tell us not game explain not do what their predecessors have done they're gonna have to show us how a model that was not part of the original vision for arcade and chained will work to support and 
ensure some element of success that's going to bring us a better game. Well, not not only that, For not me. only that, the biggest the biggest fuck you in my mind is the fact that they've told existing customers that we're only going to give you 150 days of game time. Yeah, that's kind no, of No, 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 no. If I bought a game and I was told that this game is free to play forever, I own it, I can True. play it the rest of my life, you True. give me a lifetime yeah. subscription and I get to play this game for free for yeah. the rest of my fucking life. Because I bought it free. Before you made the yes. announcement, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so I, I couldn't have bought that. it after you made the announcement right. and get it, right? And now it's True. on, right? Like it is what it is now. You're a, you purchase after. That's a good point. And if, if you want to be honest and you want to. Well, that's just that because if this, and this is the thing, if, and I don't know enough about this company, if this is a US based company, which I don't know that it is. Um, I don't think so. If, if this was a US based company, that bait comes. and switch right there is an immediate attorney general. Uh, fraud case in whatever state that company is located in because you have now pulled no, a bait and switch it's korean it's south korean yeah it see if they right. were an american company they wouldn't be able to get away with that True. because you could immediately go to the attorney general and it would be a fraud case because you told people that this is a free game forever and now suddenly you're telling them nope it's not free you got to start paying a monthly subscription and i'm immediately going to the attorney general and saying nope and that's a class action lawsuit but because this is in a north american you know, it's not a U.S. based company. That's not something that's likely going to take place. And, and I was about to say it, but Alfina beat me to it. Yeah. They don't have a very good track record because no. of like that online, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Elion's one of them too, like, and Elion was kind of cringe for me. Too. Yeah. 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 I don't know, man. I kind of, I'm, I'm not. It didn't seem like it's. My gut's telling me no, no bueno. I listen to my gut these days. There, this so. this this business model that that KLK is known for of like um, upper level um, gear progression uh, just does not translate to the American market. Yeah, somebody needs to, somebody really needs to tell them that. Like we don't like that. That pisses us off, right? To be like, oh, you okay? First, you worked hard for the weapon. Now to make it plus one, plus two, plus five thousand, right? You gotta inject these hard to get items and it might break your whole sword and now you have nothing, right? Like, dude, that pisses us off. I, it works in Korea though, right? Like that gaming market eats that up apparently they do. by the numbers and they love it, right? We don't. When we work hard for something, we're okay with it failed, right? And you you might might have lost this little item, but you still have your weapon. You break my weapon, dude, over trying to make it a plus one better. Um, dude, I'm out. That's, yeah, that's not my idea of a good yeah. time. That one doesn't fit into the ballpark of a good time for me. The this is this one right here, though, the OBS discussion. I, I don't want to forget it. And I'd also want to make sure we have some time to talk about the other point, which we're kind of running short on it. So which is kind of the this title of the show today, but we'll get to that one. We'll probably nerd out quite a bit. But OBS, this was I saw this Twitter post this week and I was actually really shocked by this. Yeah, I was too. The OBS studio, which I use OBS studio. I've been a little bit of a, you know, I, I'm, I prefer it, right? I prefer it. I feel like it's more my style. It's always been sort of this free to use open source sort of thing, which I thought was really cool. And you don't have to pay. There's like nothing in there. It's like you, you use it, you have fun with it. It's a good time. And it does what you need it to do. Sure. I did exploit before you had to pay to do that. I'm like, why would I do this? If there's something just as good in some ways, I, in my opinion, better than, than that. 
Streamlabs OBS came out and I'm like, so which, imp- which I'm a fan of, by the way. Yeah, I like Streamlabs. I've I have not used it because at the time initially when it was it, it launched, I didn't feel like it had what I needed it to have compared to OBS Studio. It's in a pretty good place now. Newsflash. Newsflash, though. They didn't actually the trademark and all of that is something that they never they've actually they're filing to use if I'm not, I, I could be off on this right but they're filing to essentially use OBS and it's either the trademark right to use it for that and apparently they never got permission they never had permission so and this is what's funny to me is because I never knew that Streamlabs OBS was not the same company. Same. I thought it was the same company. I thought it was the same company. Shocked. So this is a very, very important component of the this 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 is the importance of trademark registration and why it's yeah. very important once you have your trademark registered. This is why companies defend against trademark infringement because this is a perfect case example, open and shut case of a company ripping off another company and getting away with it essentially up until this point. And if you guys remember, yeah. we were discussing this offline. Yes. Um, well, uh, off of not on a show mm-hmm. and similar goes asking us like, yeah, I use Streamlabs," And I was like, it's, I literally, cause I thought this was true. I said, it's literally the same thing. It just, to me, I like the UI better. Yeah. Right. Yes. This was literally the conversation. Yeah. That was and like last had, week. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea that it was not the same. I thought it was. Or I thought it was the exact same people. Yeah. I thought it was just like an enhanced, pay yeah. a little bit of money, get some extra bells and whistles version of yeah. OBS Studio. And it turns out, too. oh no, it's not. It's a completely separate entity. And they've That's let this go it. this whole time. And you're like, damn. Imagine if somebody released a game, to put this in perspective, called um, – Super Ashes of Creation, <laughs> right? right? And, and and they advertised it, and everybody, you know, it was this is Ashes of Creation, just with a little bit more bells and whistles, dude. That's that's kind of what they did, right? Like it really is. They added a little word, Streamlabs, which sounds like if you want to stream, this is your little laboratory to do OBS, right? Like, uh, that's that's not good. I can't All believe right. that they went this long. Didn't. Like, I it's been up, a while. <laughs> isn't Logitech that purchased Streamlabs not too too long ago too? Didn't they buy Streamlabs? I'm I almost positive that. that that Logitech bought Streamlabs like within the past like year or so. 89 million in cash with an additional yeah. 29 million in stock, subject to achieving if significant revenue growth targets for Streamlabs in Yikes. September of 2019. Yikes! Isn't so yeah, 100 that... plus million dollar deal. Oh, you all, what are you thinking, homies? How did they not know that that wasn't good? Oh, like, oh, oh, I don't know, man. It, Logitech just doesn't seem like a company that fucks around like that. So I'm really. It's really weird. What's it's like going it on? The crack somehow, you know? Yeah. It'd be funny. It'd be funny if Logitech was like, wait, we thought you were. We no, you no, were shit. no shit. No <laughs> shit. You know? This is when lawyers start coming up work and saying oh yeah no now you've you've breached your contract you lied to us when you sold us the company which mm. these these things have happened before like people Fair, do yeah. shit yeah. and then they get called out on it like two three years down the road um you this know could be happening cool. right now 
Yeah, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes yet because it's only been within the last week that this has become a thing because of Pokemon and some other big streamers yeah. saying, hey, Streamlabs, fuck you. Like, mm. you know. Yikes. I mean, because I remember Streamlabs picked up Onkbot, which is what I use for my chatbot. It was what it was originally called. Any of the OG live streaming people remember Onkbot? Onkbot is like, was this really awesome um, program that you used to like, you know, it's like you see me, we do it all the time here, right? You've got Life's Justice in chat and I got these little mini games that are going on all that. That's literally my Streamlabs uh, chatbot and the other thing here. But I'll, I'll tell you right now, because this is the way I'm built. I'm the kind of person that if I see something like this happening, I will disassociate myself from oh, it sure. on principle. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Stream elements is running a, just a good game too, doing just fine. Right. There's, there's other that's options out already there. what I've been thinking. Like I'm going to have to check out stream yeah. elements, see what's going on. So <laughs> it's, I don't, don't want to be involved in I, this. I don't want that. I, I don't want their logo to flash I, across I, the screen I, by accident or something. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm a real talk. Like this isn't drama. Like I really genuinely, like I'm a person of principle. Like I will, I will dedicate to something. I'll believe in it. I'll support it. But the minute you break trust, Sure. You will lose me forever. I will be gone. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll give you a good example. And I know that I know that this is at least somewhere flickered in your brain for a moment. You've dismissed it. Um, I've got a, a guy that kind of helps advise, uh, you know, what yeah. would be smart to do, et cetera, uh, for business. And um, mm -hmm. for my channel, uh, he, he just said, hey, man, you know, it is a good time. You do MMO content for you to jump on and start doing World of Warcraft because all the big content creators have dispersed. True. You could jump on and gather an audience really fast and probably uh, uh, excel your uh, your path forward way quicker. And I was like, yeah, I could, but I'm not putting that freaking logo <laughs> on my freaking channel. Right? <laughs> right. I'm not doing it. Like, that probably is true. It makes sense. Right. I probably could weasel my way in there. But number one, mm -hmm. I don't want to. Uh, you know, number two, I, I don't want I don't want to associate myself with that pile of steam and crap that's going on, you know. Um, I agree. And so I got to ask you, Nathan, I'm this a bit of a rhetorical question, but I just want to state it. I want to ask it. OK, for all of you actually here. Has anybody play, played the new anniversary edition Skyrim? Nathan, hey, oh, you have. Yes. I don't know. I might have had a sense of that, but how, mm -hmm. how do you feel about it, man? Like, do you feel like it's a. Uh... Well, here's the deal. Yeah. The content I'm playing is free mods and the free upgrade that I got because I own special edition, right? I'm I, I can't help it. It's a it's a character flaw. <laughs> I had to give them some money. I did buy, I did pay them the little 20 bucks or whatever it was, right? It's just a character flaw of mine, like, hey, you gave me something. I have to give you something uh -huh. for giving me something, right? right? So I did I did get it. But what I'm playing it has nothing to do with all that stuff. I'm only playing the free stuff that came with it, the fishing, the survival, and then I I found some mods I enjoy. They're immersive, right? Like to make make the graphics a little better, a little weather environment, sound effects. Um, get myself a cape. I gotta have a cape. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and I'm enjoying it, man. It's super immersive in survival mode, man. It's so much harder. I can't carry a bunch of stuff. I've got to sleep. I've got to eat. I've got to hunt. I've got to. I gotta have my torch out because I can't see in those caves anymore without it. Um, I'm having a blast. It's cool. And it's free if you have special edition. You don't cost do. you nothing. Just walk in, get the free upgrade and play. Cool. And get some free mods and have fun. I've never modded. So you know, I've never modded an Elder Scrolls game yet because I've always played it without it. I I've always modded a game ever. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. I highly recommend finding some really cool mods and getting whatever, whatever it's called, a Vortex or whatever, so it's easy to install. You just pick what you want. It, inst- it does all the work for you and just play the game. Because uh, there's some cool ones, man. Especially that immersive weather, dude. That has changed the game, dude, where like real thick freaking rain. And you wouldn't think something like this matters, but then you go in an inn or inside of a, a house and you can hear it hitting the roof outside you can still like it sounds exactly like you're inside you can hear like that distant you know thunder and uh, the the rain hitting the oh my gosh dude it is it reminds yeah. me remember when you first seen lord of the rings and they're running to the uh prancing pony and it's raining and uh, that's that's the best depiction i can say of like that's how you feel you know what i mean like you gotta escape the storm and you're yeah it's awesome man yeah i've got a chance it says the guy with add-ons for eso isn't that weird that i've never modded one of the elder scrolls games yet like the so the standalone single player games isn't that strange isn't that strange isn't it because you would think that someone like myself who's actually got add-ons for the mmorpg would have modded at least i would if like if i stepped outside of myself and i was like here's a guy talking about how he hasn't done this, I would actually be surprised. Isn't that yeah, interesting how with the game, a different you game, have. you, yeah, I've never, I've I never. would have thought you would have modded and played the, 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 the Holy snot out of oblivion. That's what I would have thought. Mm, I haven't. Lots of crazy I've contemplated it. I've thought about it, but I've just never, and I've modded Ark and Conan exiles survival oh, okay. games. Right. So I've modded those, but I've never modded an elder scrolls game. When I've played it, like, you know, aside from add-ons and ESO, but that's different. But like, literally. And I've seen a lot of games that look very promising where that's, you know, I've contemplated it. I'm like, oh, I could go and I could just outright mod the shit out of, you know, this particular game. And, and you make it a whole new game if you want. Right. Yeah. But I have yet to do it. That's <sighs> a big community, by the way. That is a huge community. Skyrim and well, just the Elder Scrolls modding community in general is huge. What they managed to do with Morrowind is mind blowing. Um, yeah, I know. I've, modders are like the unsung heroes, man. I know they get a little bit of tips here and there, but uh, you know, like they do some heavy lifting for the developers. I mean, the unofficial Skyrim patch is absolutely needed. And it's unofficial. It's a mod by people, not the devs. Like, it's kind of sad, but also big testament to the community, right? Like, we'll get in here and fix mm-hmm. it our dang self, you know? So here's a, here's my the question of the night, friends. For all of our creative types out there, for all of the people who have, you know, like, love to, like, just let their imaginations go free and create worlds in their mind and maybe you world build. Maybe you, uh, oh, hand up. What's up, Renfell? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I tabbed mm-hmm. over to Facebook, and apparently, because oh, they God. are on London GMT, the Wheel of Time is already live because they went live on the 19th GMT time or London time. Oh. So it's up on Amazon Prime. So since we're on the world billion thing, <laughs> you may you may have your Friday, you may have your Thursday night already already because I thought it was out tomorrow, and I'm reading all the stuff. It just went up on the Wheel of Time Facebook page. It's officially out as of like 30 minutes ago. Um, hold, first on, hold on a second. I'm going to look real quick. 
It'd be funny if the stream Amazon just died. Right It'd be now. like, like Sim, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were, <laughs> Sim, I thought you were gonna play some games for us after the live stream today. Sorry, I gotta go. My internet went out. Sorry, <laughs> ditched, uh, ditched everybody and just dipped. I'm like, I'm done. Hold on, a damn it. Oh my well, god. The storms passed through that Nathan was talking about. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, me, me, I was looking online. I'm not nerding out a whole lot, but boy, I gotta tell y'all, man, I've been watching what they've been doing. Oh, the promo for this. While you're looking that up, you know Wait, what I'm what? playing. You know, you know what? You know what else releases today? Wait, hold on. I told you. Oh my God! It's going right now, dude. Yeah. No. Oh, the first three episodes are up. How yep. many episodes? It's one every Friday. You get a new yeah. one, homies. It's up okay. right now. It means I can watch after every LFM podcast. See you later. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, the first three episodes Shit. drop all at once, and then from here it's one episode. But I think they're only doing it's either eight or nine episodes this first season or it's not very long stretching it out season, they so. like to do that though man eight nine oh oh look at this wait a watch party can i do oh that's but it's different it's different sorry i'm sorry not twitch watch party it's in in the <laughs> a strange noblewoman arrives in a remote mountain vi village claiming one of five youth spoilers spoilers <laughs> i don't care you should plug your ears if you don't want to hear this i got zero fucks given i'm teasing hey let me click hold on a strange noble woman arrives in a remote mountain village <laughs> claiming one of five youths is the reincarnation of an ancient power who once destroyed the world and will do so again if she is not able to discover which of them it is but they all have less time than they think. Oh my God. How am I supposed to wait for Mel to get off work mm. in New Zealand right now? So we can watch this. Gaming you know, is the you, answer. Huh? What you do is you watch it, but you just use your <laughs> acting skills. Use your acting skills when you rewatch it. You know? You're like, oh, oh, what? Like, leave that chap. Wow. Well, this is shocking. What is it? <laughs> And you don't get excited. That's the problem when people do that trick. Because they, they know what's coming. So they're like, <laughs> it's like, no, just breathe inside. Don't breathe. Don't exhale yes. on the outside. Do all that excitement right. inside. Hold it in. If but I continue, I I'm saying this to my stream. And if you're listening on the podcast, sorry, not sorry. If you all leave me after this to go watch this, I'm fucking done with you all the viewers are already dropping. I've been I'm, watching. I'm, like, I'm, he announced I'm, that. And oh. it was like, doop, 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 doop. I know, like viewership drops, people dip, <laughs> silent chat. And I'm gonna be like, I fucking see you. No, I'm not really though. Wait a minute. Wait, is it three? <gasps> yes. It's the first three, three episodes. It's not just one. Oh. Yep. <laughs> I see a chat's like, bye. I'm like, fuck you guys. Don't you leave me? Oh man, but if yeah, you do leave me, I'm, it's, I'm supposed using... to go do. Uh, I'm supposed to go do Fantasy Grounds with Chris tonight, but I'm I'm wondering I... if maybe we go do Wheel of Time instead. Grounds <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, it's three episodes. Oh, that's perfect. Oh my god, I'm gonna watch it. I need I need this in my life. All right, the weave that we wet the weave, uh, world building, right. So the wheel well. yeah, that also I'm just, I have three episodes sitting here looking at me, shadows waiting a place <laughs> of safety. All three of them are sitting there just waiting to be consumed by me and all of you, but who will, who will give in first? 
who will leave the, the live stream and abandon Sim to go watch it, or will Sim <laughs> abandon them first? Exactly. Gentlemen, I checked out. Oh, I checked oh, out. Renfell's gone. I know. Renfell's like, oh, he did the first to go. <laughs> did you see that? I was like, you do it. Don't you do it. <laughs> world Anvil, you guys. If you're a world builder, I came across this because I was like, is there really good software out there for world building where I can sort of like, you know, like maybe put it all. And I'm yeah. really cautious about wanting it to be somewhere where it can be accessed or taken. Yeah. I don't. So um, it looks cool. It looks really great. But putting that on someone else's server for me, no, I can't do I'm it. Not, I'm no, don't do it. It looks great, but it, it looks amazing. However, mm-hmm. the legal repercussions of yeah. copyright dictate that the first place you publish it, you know, that's so you need to keep that shit locked down for yourself so that you can control it and publish it at your own pace. Um, I think it, because I actually looked at this, I want to say a couple years back. Um, it is a very interesting tool to help with the creative process. If your creative process relies heavily upon visual layouts, um, because this very much is let's build a wiki and with cool yes, screenshots and artwork and everything else. And then you can use that as a reference table as you're writing your book and everything else. Um, but I don't, buy into it because i don't think i can no and also the way i look at it is essentially what they've done is they've just given people an online version of a source book which if you're going to have a product for sale you might as well just make the source book to sell and if people want the material they buy the source book and if you want to give them a digital version give them a digital version but there's no reason to publish it on someone else's website Uh, although i will admit it is a very visually stimulating and cool looking product i wouldn't use it um it looks really nice yeah and apparently i've been told about it before by volcanic apologies man i do have add this is a real thing it's not just words it happens I'm an unmedicated adult person with ADD and sometimes <laughs> I can't manage to keep it in line perfectly. Yeah. But I get it most of the time. I do pretty good considering it's actually a real thing. You know, what can I say? Um, but yeah, so like, like, so where are the tools? Like what are the best tools? Like what actually works for us all for those creative types? Do you build a world? Do you weave your own web of stories? Do you, is this your thing? It is for me. And like lately, like I've got these two massive notebooks. It's like 500 pages each. They're literally blank oh, paper. Oh, speaking of which, give yeah. me two seconds. While sure. You're so I literally have two books, right? They're like that thick. They're like 500 pages. I purchased a couple of them. I'm like, yo, because I'm a tangible person. Like if you go and you look at like, I mean, I'm like, this is like me. This is basically what all of my, all of my music, oops, spoilers, look like back in the day. It's like all of my music is like literally a chunk of paper and I'd, I'd just be at work and I'd tear a piece of paper for the songs and I would like write them down. I'd take them. We go, I go to my band. We would take the song. We'd start playing. I'd put the lyrics to the song and then like, you know, and that's how the songs would evolve for the majority of the bands I've been in. That's also the way I kind of work as like a writer or even as like still as a singer songwriter is like, I'll just be sitting there and it'll come to my mind. And I do two things. One, I'll sit there and write the lyrics out. It'll be on a piece of paper. I'll go take it somewhere else and I'll jot it down. Or I'll have a book by me and I'll just jot it down. So it looks like scattered chunks of words and stuff, right? But I know what they are, where they were at, why they're there. I go pull and put them in an organized format somewhere else later. Books, for example, I talked about that I've purchased recently. So 
that's the way I work, right? I don't, I'm open to it, but I don't know that I can get my mind around using a digital format to do this. Because yeah, for uh, it me, can it's, work for some people. I'm open to it and I'm seeking if it exists. But the problem is everything I see so far is like, we're taking what you put and it's basically in our database somewhere. And I'm like, no, no, sure no, is. that can't happen. It needs to be in my, my database mm -hmm. here, client 100% or yes, I can't do it. So since you mentioned this, um, Chris was just at her parents and we had stuff in storage there and she went ahead and brought it back with her because she asked me so this is the original hand-drawn map you probably can't see it that well from oh, saga yeah. leucemia mm -hmm. um from nice. 1999 i think is when this map was originally drawn and mm. this is like it's like it's so old like it's it's it was drawn on like parchment paper but it's all sorts of like the edges are all crumbling and aged now Funny, and then man. i also have I also have this is stuff that never came into play. Fine. I love this. Um so this is the continent of Tinea. Oh nice. And then we've got the other continent. Nice. And then we've got the other continent. And then we have the other continent. Love so there it. are four other continents that we never even that are part of the overall world, but were never talked about for the development of the MMORPG. Now this is stuff that was all developed when I was creating that world originally as mm -hmm. a tabletop years and years and years ago and then it developed over time into a play-by-post and everything else um because you mentioned that and it happened because chris literally just pulled this out of her suitcase yesterday and it was still sitting on the table um i do everything by hand and it does it's so much easier to have it in a database but unless sure. you've created your own database it's too risky because yeah, yeah. <clears throat> other people can have access to it and you know, I, I mentioned this before that you don't need to be paranoid about people stealing your ideas because only you can do something with that idea because nine, you know, 99% of anything is taking the idea and making it into something. But at the same time, you don't want to just throw that out there and lose access to it. Um, it is a little more time consuming to do it all by hand. But if it's the only thing, this is where I will say this, if it's the only thing you're working on, it's not a problem because it's mm -hmm. always going to be in your mind. True. Now, when you start working on like, 10 different projects. This is what I've developed. The system that I have is I have a different notebook folder for every project and just everything's in that one folder mm -hmm. and notebook. Now I will say this though, because as I've gotten into the digital age, I used to do it all in notebooks. Like that notebook is literally the, this is the, not the original original, but this has like, if you go through here, it's got all my folders from the nineties, from the late nineties. And then this is just my overall saga Lucima notebook that I started in the like 2008, I think is when I got this. So it has like 10 years of stuff from before. And then everything that came after in terms of notes and it's all, believe it or not in one big notebook with a bunch of folders and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then of course there's the book outlines, which has a, all of this stuff in the book outlines and the book outlines are in a digital format. Now, now that I've gotten older, um, I do everything in um, Google Drive these days. And uh, I do my writing in Microsoft Word because I use, um, nine times out of 10, I'll use Dragon Naturally Speaking because mm -hmm. I don't like to type too much because my hand. Um, whenever I'm done writing for the day, I update it into the Google Drive. But I have a Google Drive for each individual project or folder, I should say, in a Google Drive, and each folder is related to project. So I can go into the folder and I can very easily open up. And in the folder, I've got additional folders that are like maps, notes, 
chapter outlines, written chapters, and I try to break things down. Um, we'll have the main book, which has the chapters as they're being written. And I, I, in the past, I haven't done this in a long time, but what I used to do when I first started getting started as a writer, I broke things down into chapter format. And so I would have all the individual chapters written out as their own document. Mm. And then when I was finally finished with all of those, I would then copy and paste them all into one big document. But these days I just put it all in one and I give the chapters, uh, uh, just numbers. I don't usually give them titles unless I decide to do that at the end of the book. Um, I, I, like I think to too, I think too that like, uh, when I made my graphic novel, right. I had notebooks, files, you know, hand to paper, right. Uh, with pens, pencil, whatever. Right. Um, and I think that works better because my final product was being done on the on the computer, right? Like the graphic art was done there, the writing, uh, everything, the, the final script, all that was, that was final stuff. That was documents on the computer. Right. And I was working with the writer. I didn't write the story. So he would send the documents over to me. There'd be a rough draft. There'd be the final, et cetera. All of that was on the computer, but all my sketches and, um, what the armors would look like, the weapons, et cetera. Um, that was all just scattered around me and I could literally reference it. Right. Like I can pull it. I just feel like with computers, no matter how many monitors you have, they're just, there's something to be said about tangible reference, right? Yes. You can lay it down, you know, you brought a good point. Cause I've seen a lot of directors who still swear by storyboards. And if you look, if you go under yeah. their room, the whole like three walls, it's just hundreds of storyboard yeah. sheets for like, the movie that they're doing. You and can, they, you can, you can zoom out, right? Like in yeah. real life, you can zoom out and you can look at it and you can just be like, you know, when it's in digital and you've got to kind of shuffle through it, you, it's just different. So like mm -hmm. when you have a storyboard, which I did that for my, I even did that for my uh, choose your own adventure. Right. Um, but definitely with the graphic novel, we did that where right. it was just these massive storyboards. I knew every frame for every page of that graphic novel before I actually started working on it because I would I would tweak it, right? Like I would be like, you know what? In the script, in the final script, this should be two panes, right? Because I need a little closer to the face for that dramatic part of the sentence or whatever. And so I could look, I could just zoom out and I could say, D -d 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 -d, yeah, let's mix this around. Let's take this one out, you know. And I just feel like with digital, man, it's just – it's inconvenient, right? Like if I remove a whole pane or a whole page in 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 uh, my editing software for a, a graphic novel, it's kind of a mess, man, because then it grabs the other pages. It's trying it's to be convenient. Pulls yeah, it in. It, yeah, it's trying to be convenient, but it, it's, it becomes a pain in the ass. So I, I believe 100 percent, and it should be real things until you're making it final. Mm -hmm. Then – Go digital, right? I use cheap ass notebooks. Oh sure, I've probably yeah. got 150 of these. After all these, when I was a kid, when I was in my uh, teenager, I used to write a lot of poetry and music. I played piano from the time I was like mm -hmm. seven to twenty, and so I wrote a lot of music. I was a heartthrob teenager who won a lot of girls' hearts because I wrote poetry and Love songs on the piano. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my mom has those stashed away at the house. Um, and then I got into fantasy writing when I was, you know, 13, 14 and I started filling notebooks. But these days, like this is literally, um, just a cheap ass notebook. And I come in here, this is literally the first campaign module for weave in the void where nice. I just came in here and wrote notes. And then like this showed up, which I haven't even made. This is a preview. I have not done the incarnate version of this yet, but this is actually during the play testing when they went into the sewers. Um, 
this is what they went through, even though they didn't get a map version of this. I just right. gave them directions visually. Um, you know, I just love pen and paper and it can be messy, but at the end of the day, it's all in one place. This is a, you know, $2 notebook and, you know, fill it up. Nothing wrong with that. And and I'd also like to mention, I, I bet you guys remember this. I don't remember the outcomes and all the nitty gritty details, but if you guys remember back in the MySpace days, right? Like somebody like Fox News or Fox bought MySpace. I don't remember. Some big corporation bought them at one point, right? And there was people putting their artwork or their work in progress, uh, graphic novels, comics, whatever, on Facebook. And I do remember, I don't remember the outcomes, but I do remember Fox did at one point try to claim, like, no, we yes. own that. Oh, this is very interesting. What? So, yeah, what that did happen. I don't, I don't remember the outcome. I just remember they were doing it. And I was like, well, goodbye, MySpace. Farewell. I think that was the final nail in their coffin, to be so honest. So this, this is very interesting that this come up because we got legal advice – um, we, uh, was with saga leukemia. Um, at one point we were co-hosting our servers in the same place that shroud of the avatar was co-hosting their servers because one of our individuals worked on shroud of the avatar, um, went and got a job there afterward. Oh, wow. Office. I so didn't know a, that. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. That was, uh, we were a couple years in and he got a job offer based on our prototype. He got a job sure. offer with Shroud of the Avatar, and I said, go for it, because they were mm -hmm. cool with it and said, all of our employees have side projects, so it's not com competition. We don't care about that stuff. Non-competes, we don't care, et cetera. I got to go to the Shroud of the Avatar offices three times, got oh, to cool. meet Star and a bunch of other people there. Um, but one of the Did you ever get was, to meet Richard Garrett? Sorry, I, I did not get to meet Richard. Okay, okay. Um, I, I'm kind of a was, big fan of that guy. <laughs> he was never there when I was there, but I did I did meet the rest of the team. So like people who worked on Wing Commander and oh, nice. and uh, other stuff. But what was interesting is there was an offer to sort of piggyback on their servers. Mm. Um because we had that relationship, like, oh, if you need server space, we've got this excess stuff, you could just put your stuff here. No big deal because we have other people who have there. And our lawyer was like, no, 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 no. Like co-host in the same place, not a problem. But the moment that you put your stuff on their servers, even though it's your stuff, they can make a claim. Not that they ever would. Right. But they could. But they they can could. then make a claim that your content is hosted in their infrastructure and therefore they are owed a portion of revenue. Because you're using their bandwidth and their electricity and their et cetera, oh et cetera, gosh, et cetera. Dude, and please. I went, that's a good point. Fuck Bye. that. We'll do our own servers Bye. and co-host. Yeah. Which probably uh, wasn't their plan. However, just like we were talking about earlier on this show, money can change people's demeanor. And the people in charge at that time aren't necessarily the same people who will be in charge at the next time, right? So remember that. That's like super important advice to anybody. You might trust this guy and he runs that company mm -hmm. and you're like, I'll put all my faith in it. That's a good dude. He would never screw me over. And that may be true. But if money doesn't persuade him, but because it doesn't everybody. Well do I've, learned, the I've, next learned, guy, I've learned some very important lessons in the last couple of years about what people will do for money. Very true. Sure, man. Sure. True. Sure, absolutely. I, I've I've that's my thing too. Is like someone could be like, oh man, I'm telling you. You know, like in the past, like two years, three. No, no, no. I'd say three years of doing 
like focusing on content creation specifically around twitch like like linking up with certain games that are in development that like are like hey we want you to help out with some things or we want you to work to, to do this or to do that like i've had moments where i've come across like people or individuals within the companies or working for the game studios and it's like it's very clear that like we we want we're giving you a word on something and we want you to kind of like spearhead something or do this or to do that there's no promise of anything right and it's it seems to be something that more and more i'm recognizing and i hate saying this but like it, with a lot of the like indie developers like smaller studios and companies it seems to be more and more of a trend where it's like you know it's i don't know man if it's like we we see content creators who want to like cover something and give them something unique and they need us so we need them or if it's like a situation of where like this is free let's min max our use of this free thing sure you know what i mean and then you get to a place where like individuals are just kind of like take my word we got you that yeah. almost never happens in any yeah. of the frameworks this isn't just studios yeah. but like it's it's other content creators it's it's people we're talking about here specifically right i could narrow this down to within the realm of content creation over the past three years or so we're talking like guild members right I'm not naming names it's been over the past three years right guild members moderators uh content creators podcasters it's across the board people yeah and you can't just take people's word on it and give them this benefit of the doubt because yeah. that let me tell you equates to choosing to go in with blinders on yeah exactly. there was an interview that uh what is his name the actor jason alexander the guy who played george costanza on sure. seinfeld he did an interview, and I don't know how long ago the interview was, but it popped up in my TikTok feed the other day, and I, I sat and watched the multiple parts. I was like, this is a killer interview. He talked about how when they were midway into, you know, when, when Seinfeld mm -hmm. was blowing up and they were renegotiating their contracts, he said, on the one hand, he said, what we did was horrible for television. It was horrible. <laughs> All right. Because we suddenly set this standard that people are going to be making a million dollars an episode, and that's just not sustainable for 95% of shows out there. So on the one hand, it was horrible what we did in terms of negotiating for that show. But on the other hand, I was sitting there as an individual going, if I'm going to make 600000 an episode – I know that I'm going to gross this, I'm going to net this, and if I do this many episodes, I have now paid for the rest of my life. And so I first and foremost looked at it from that perspective, even though I knew it was bad for the industry, it was good for me and my family, and that may be a selfish point of view, but at the same time, He's set for life from a single thing that he did in his yeah. life, and he has done a hundred things. He's done a hundred shows and movies over his career, but so. Seinfeld is the one that made him financially stable for the rest of his life because he went into it with a – and this is – I say this in the scope of the conversation of right. you can never trust anyone really because it's very rare to find – people who will give a shit about you when the money starts coming in. Now, what's very interesting when you when yeah. look at shows like Seinfeld or Friends or Big Bang Theory, you do have situations where the people who who are the main principals or or um, critical role is another good example. People who were who have good friendships 
and got successful during their, you know, they, they got successful because of the friendship that they had and through the content creation that happened when they were doing that. And it, then it carried through, but then you have other ones where, I mean, I always look at like the Rolling Stones as a perfect example. Cause these guys have all made millions of dollars over their careers, but they fucking hate each other outside of getting on stage with each other. You know, it's like they don't hang out outside of playing music together because they want to kill each other. Um, yeah money makes people do weird things mm. yeah know, from a and, and once the once the once the ink has dried on a contract it is what it is right mm. sometimes it would be nice because there's accidental things that happen right in production right for example mm. um i got a couple examples here but my favorite and i had to look it up because i wanted to know the exact number um my favorite example of this is James Earl Jones, right? Who did uh the voice of Darth Vader, right? Yeah. And you know, they didn't expect, you know, they were hoping for this to be a blockbuster, etc. And obviously the vision was there for it, etc. But they did not expect it to be as big as it was. And they didn't expect the love for Darth Vader to be as big as it was, right? And I honestly think this is an example, and I can prove why I believe this, that he was paid, which this sounds like a decent amount of money, but not in the grand scope of things. He was paid a flat fee of like $7,500 to voice Darth Vader, right? Iconic as hell now, right? Here's what happened, though. He didn't get a dime more than that. That was the contract, right? However, as it blew up and it became this big deal, by the time they got to episode, uh, the, uh, I think it was uh, uh, the Return of the Jedi. Might be wrong. Might have been the very next one. Um, I don't remember. Might have been Empire Strikes Back. I don't know. But anyway, once they realized he was a big deal, then they paid him $3,000 per hour, right? And I believe he has a little bit of royalty on it, et cetera, now. But he signed the contract at the beginning with $7,500 come into recording studio and record for however long, right? It was a good deal. It's worth of work. Yeah. Yeah. Like a day mm -hmm. of work. And, mm -hmm. you know, he wasn't the actor. He was just the voice actor. So um, it, it, that's one of those things. Now, an example of it going sour uh, was when Robin Williams voiced Genie and Aladdin. Oh, yeah. And, you know, then they knew. Okay. Let's be honest. They knew that the Genie, voiced by Robin Williams and the animation and the scenes and everything that went into it, that that was going to be a big deal. It was going to be a hit. It was going to be loved. Kids were going to want to buy Genie dolls, pillows, plushes. They knew. And they ripped him off. Uh, straight up told him he was a side character, et cetera, and paid him side character money. And he did it because he likes kids and wanted to be involved True. in this production. Uh, and, you know, and he got mad about it. He came back and I'm like, hey, you lied. You Like, I know this is legal, right? You're going to get away with it. But you lied. You, you told dirty. me a straight, bald-faced lie. And I will not be back to do it again. He changed his mind later on in life. I don't know if they threw some money at him or apologized profusely, but from what I remember, I think he did come back for the third one or something, or he came back and did something for him. Uh, but that's those are two examples of like, hey, this was an accident. We did not know. Hey, we knew and we took advantage of you. Um, you know, and it's just it is what it is, man. When you sign a contract, it is what it is, right? And unless it's a life changing amount of money. You need to think of the value of whatever it is that you're doing, right? So if you're selling an entire company, you're selling an entire brand, you're selling your book, your your ideas, whatever it may be, how much is that worth to you, right? They don't know that. That only true. you know its true value, right? They may they they have plenty of stats that they wouldn't be trying to buy on what they think it's worth, right? But it may be worth more. And unless it's a life changing amount of money, don't give up your dream for a. Uh, I agree. You know, 
for a small amount of cash to to live for a, a small amount of time. I agree with that. Yeah, you can always make yeah. money. Yeah, and that's that's and, also my perspective because yeah. like I'm not I would never I no one's even seen anything that I've worked on, right? But it's still I still look at a long chunk of my life from when I got out of the army. Like my ideas started to sprout, you know, which is actually going to be like some, some of the, there, there were ideas, but like the ideas sprouted when I was in the army and I was out in the field and I was exhausted and I was, you know, tired, you know what I mean? Or, you know, dehydrated or whatever, or I had four, four, four days of no sleep in the barracks, you know, and finally my body crashed and I would wake up and it was a Saturday and I missed final formation. This shit happened. I'm lucky I had a commander that was understanding of the fact that I had horrible insomnia towards the end of my time in the military. But, you know, I'd hallucinate, dude. I would actually hallucinate. This is a true story. This is not BS. Like, I don't lie anyway. People know that. But, like, this is a true 100% story, right? I had, I was like four days of sleep, right? And I was like, I remember that day I went to morning formation and, you know, chow halls. Like, so you go to morning formation, you do your PT, which is physical exercise, right? If you don't know what that means. You go to your PT, you get done, you shower up, you get in your, your BDUs and you go for your, uh, for your, you know, work, right? You can go to chow hall, you can get breakfast, you do your work, you know, you have your lunch, you get done final formation, right? I get to lunch in my day on four days of no sleep. And I go back to the barracks and you got to keep in mind, like in the barracks, like I go through the night before sitting there trying to fall asleep, couldn't fall asleep. You get to a certain point where you've been awake for so long and your, your brain, you will literally start to have auditory and visual hallucinations without yeah. enough sleep. Right. So I was having auditory and visual hallucinations one night and I was like watching a movie and I watched this woman, this like ghostly figure go through and right out the window, third floor of the barracks. Right. That inspired a uh, character in the universe of mine. Right. I would hear noises or after watching, like, I think it was like Rain of, it was a uh, Rain of Fire with the Christian Bell movie with great, Matthew McConaughey. Great fucking dragon it, movie. It is really Underrated. good. Underrated. It, it really, truly really is. Matthew dude. McConaughey and Christian Bale, the fucking, and Gerald Butler, <laughs> yes. the lightsaber scene. Yes. And they're acting out the fucking Darth Vader versus Luke Skywalker yes, fight at the beginning dude. all the kids. I fucking yes. love that movie. Yes. Great yeah. reference. Yeah. Dude, Super absolutely. Under, undervalued. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey all booked out. Yeah. Shaved shaved head, dude. (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, it was like these were the inspirations, right? And like I went through times of tough, difficult things, you know, but I remember like having these ideas, right? Fucking when was this? 2001 or two, dude. It's almost 20 years ago. This is a lot of a lot of people don't don't factor in the accumulated amount of hours that go into something, um, putting a, a price tag on that in some cases is impossible because it is sure. something that, that for you might be considered priceless. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a lot easier when yep. it's being worked on for someone else. Um, but, but this is even, I want to, mm. I want to bring a good case here because um, between the time that we worked on for Saga Vasimi, between the time that we started working on the MMORPG mm-hmm. and got our first investor, which was the end of 2017. So all of 14, all of 15, all of 16, all, all of 17. So four years, no investors, right? Just working off of our own 
blood, sweat, and tears. And then we had money coming in from pre-order store, but that was going towards business expenses, assets, legal, accounting, that other stuff. Um, so you've got a team of between 15 to 20 people working, let's say, an average of 15 hours a week. All that accumulates up. And by the time we got to the point, if I'm not mistaken, I have to go back and look at the math. But when we did a base average of like $35 an hour, which is extremely low for software mm-hmm. developers and game developers in general. Um, but we looked at independent, not AAA. We said 35 hours is a good good starting point. Um, we had accumulated around $6 million of unpaid salaries by the time we had gotten to the point where we got our first investors. Now, that was easy to track. What was never tracked was from 1999 until 2014 <laughs> – Right. was how many thousands of hours I had put in to the creation of maps, worlds, characters, builds. Like what you're talking about right now, 20 years, that can't – there's exactly. no way to quantify that. Like, No. And if, if you're going to quantify it, you better throw me a big fucking number. Yes. Because that's that's my life. That, like, yeah. That's a chunk of yep. of of something. Um, so it's, it's also uh, Chris – I think she's in the bedroom. She might criticize me for saying this. If she does, I'll, I'll eat it after the show. Um, but I'll say this for the scope of the conversation. Um, she's Mexican. Wages in Mexico are shit compared to the United States. So she has struggled with the idea that her art could be worth hundreds of dollars. Because in her mind, she's like, well, I only put 20 hours into it. Right. But I'm like, yeah, but think about how an artist in the United States gets paid $40 an hour in some, you know, or a concept artist making yeah. $60 an hour. Let's just True. say 35, 40, let's say $40 an hour. You yeah. put in, you know, you put in 10 hours into something. Well, now that's worth 400 bucks. You put in 20 hours, that's $800. Let's say you put in $30, that's now a 1,000, you know, that's a $1,200 piece of art. Like just from a hourly perspective, then there is the value of the art to the person who appreciates the art. Yeah. But then you turn around and you want to sell it and you got a bunch of fucking assholes who be like, oh, it's more than $50. That's too fucking expensive. There's a great song that I love on TikTok, which is it costs that much because it takes me fucking hours. hours. (laughs) It costs that much because it takes me fucking hours. (sighs) It's true. Like. People don't consider the hourly thing. It's like everybody here wants to get paid. If you go to a day job, <laughs> if you go to a day job and you work an hourly rate, let's say it's fifteen dollars an hour. If you work a ten-hour day, it's one hundred and fifty bucks. You know, so if you've worked a thousand hours on something, even at fifteen dollars an hour, that thing is worth. My math sucks, but that's like more than $10,000. That's, that's mm. tens of thousands of dollars, you know, and ter- it's people do not consider the, the worth of a lot of creative material I from know. a purely hourly standpoint, let alone what it's actually worth to the creator or mm. what it's worth to the connoisseur who appreciates that piece of content for what it is uh-huh. and understands the value associated with the creator's mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I got that. And, tangent. and true. if we were to reverse it, if we were to reverse it, what it would be equal to would be you go to your hourly based job and then at the end of the week or two weeks or however your pay structure is set up, 
your uh, someone from payroll calls you and says, hey, look, I know you just worked over the past two weeks, 65 hours. However, we checked the cameras and looked at the data, and there was 30 of those hours where you weren't actually producing for the company in other words uh, you were waiting oh, you were dude. waiting you were manning that cash drawer or whatever the job may be however we didn't get anything we didn't have sales during those time frames so therefore we're only paying you 30 hours like oh, could you imagine dirty could you imagine because that's what you that's what happens to artists every day actually worse yes. than that happens to artists because artists constantly non-stop over and over and over again get people saying i'll give you the credit that's it. I'm not going to pay you. I learned I'll very early on. I'll give you the credit. Yeah, I learned very early on in my free. I, thankfully, this is where I benefited from having had a previous business as a construction worker and having my own construction company in ceramic tile and natural stone. When I went into starting my career as a freelance writer in 2008, I already knew everything I needed to know about small business contracts and everything else. And so I never got burnt. But I've had friends who had that happen to them where they were mm. like, and they did it for the now I, I will admit I did one project for credit, mm -hmm. only one. I took a token payment of ten dollars per assignment. And the reason was because I wanted to get into game writing early on in my career. And there was a little bullshit Eastern European company who needed a quest writer to come in, and they were only paying 10 bucks per quest line. And I looked at it and said, I don't really care. I get my name on a box. And that to me is worth more than the $10 paycheck because I can spend that and get other projects. It's the only time I ever did that for credit. But I, thankfully I never did the whole all work for in exchange for something free because I can't pay rent with yeah, yeah. exposure. Exposure doesn't pay shit. Like I need, I need money. Um, yeah. And I've always worked for freelance. It's always been some type of a, either retainer like a hundred percent retainer like a, like you pay your lawyer a retainer you pay your fucking writer a retainer like <laughs> i love retainers but also 50 percent up front 25 percent at a milestone 25 percent oh, on completion gotta, fucking love gotta it. correct got a correction for you in chat it says except it only too. fans then exposure <laughs> pays yeah <laughs> can't argue with that you there are sure. exceptions That's to every rule. It's not there wrong. are exceptions to every rule. <laughs> Watch me lick my fingers and touch my nipple through my sweater. Yeah. Right? That's the kind of... <laughs> you imagine? You yeah. know what? I should make an OnlyFans that literally does shit like me. Yeah, I'm doing the puppets only fan. I'm really doing it. Like I'm gonna do it. Like I, I'm not Just I'm joking. It's funny. I'm gonna release oh it to be God. funny, right? Yes, but I'm totally dude. doing it. I'm totally doing it. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's so good. It's like, hey, that's so fucking <laughs> funny, dude. I'll have to talk to Mel about this night and see what she thinks. But yeah, I'm definitely and yeah. I also want to point out real quick because it's it's relevant and it's the point of view nobody ever wants to talk about, it's, right? Yeah. So let's say you're an indie developer, right? And you're making this really cool project. People are hyped. You got some people on board. You're doing great, right? For an indie developer, you're doing pretty good, right? You're making a living off of it. Let's just say that. And then some big publisher, it's a very small team, right? And then this big publisher comes around and they say, hey, man, we're, we'll throw down millions, but we want it, right? We want it all. So, you know, we want everything you got. We'll pay you millions, right? And it's a small team. And you and your team get together and you say, hey, they're going to totally destroy this game, right? They're going to ruin it, most likely, right? But this is life-changing money. What nobody ever talks about 
is how hard it is for someone who's just barely getting by doing what they love, though. And suddenly they look back at their family, who's also barely getting by because they're doing what they love. And they get this offer that is life changing for their family. And they say, I'm going to have to bite this. I'm going to have to do this. I can't tell my family. My family doesn't eat off of values. My family doesn't eat off of me being taking the moral high ground. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever takes, nobody ever, everybody's just like, oh, sellouts. Oh my God. You know, it's like, dude, there is another side to that. These are human beings with families that depend on them that, you know, you got kids. My dad used to say this thing that haunted me my entire life, right? He just said this randomly one day. He just said, uh, I was sad because he was leaving. He had to leave for work. And, you know, I was a little kid and I was crying. I didn't want him to leave. I knew I wouldn't see him for weeks. And he said to me, he, he knelt down. He said, son, I'd rather see you crying because I'm leaving than crying because you're hungry. And then God he damn. left. God and I was damn. like, dude, that has haunted me. Absolutely haunted me. Right. Wow. And I think, I think about that all the time because I got kids and they wow. cry because they got to work all the time, et cetera. And I'm like, dude. I'm not going to say that to them because I don't want to feel <laughs> for the rest of my life, but I think it, right? I'm like, yeah, I'll take this kind of crying, right? So that's, anyway, that's good point, nobody, ever, nobody ever looks at their point of view when people take those deals, right? They're just like, oh, freaking sellouts. You never cared. Like, bro, they did care. They just have to provide, and they were barely getting by. Now they have, now they have the money. Now what they want to do, whether they can pull it off again or not, is debatable. Is take that money now. I can do now. I can pursue my passion for real, right. right? There's a there's a good quote, and I'm gonna mangle it, but there's a scene. I think the movie's called The Gambler with John Goodman and Mark Wahlberg, and there's a scene in that film where John Goodman is talking to Mark Wahlberg's character about he's like, you know, get yourself two point five million dollars, and that's that's your that's your fuck you money. That's yeah. your you buy a you buy a house with a twenty five year roof. You buy a shit box Japanese car that's gonna run forever, <laughs> and now you have your fort. That's your fortress of solitude. Is some that's okay. kind of the where the line goes where he's talking about. But he's like, your boss does something that you don't like. Fuck you. Somebody says something you're like, fuck you, because your house is paid for, your car's paid for, and you got two point five in the bank. Like it it, it made sense because the grand scope of things, two point five mil is not a ton of money in today's day and age but if you think about it if you've got a quarter million dollar house paid for with a 25 yeah. year roof and you got a $25,000 car that's going to run for the next 20 years and the rest of it you stick in the bank and you live off the taxes or you live off the interest excuse me and you pay your taxes that's your place and and for a lot of people they're never going to know that and so the opportunity to have that in this life where nothing can be taken for granted I loved what you just said about the I'd rather see you crying because I'm not going to be here than crying because you're hungry. Because, you know, a lot of people aren't in that position where they can have the money to be there all the time for their families. And if you can have that, take it like, yeah, 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 it, it's it is what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's sort of like our I think that's like our takeaway, right? The takeaway from this episode, I think, is. I don't know, man. I don't want to be like too too much on the title, but we all weave, you know, a lot in our life, right? We all we all are like weaving at something. And if some and you know, the end of the day, I think the most of us as human beings want to know that we're gonna be okay, right? Our families are gonna be okay, things are gonna be okay, we're gonna have a safe place, you know, we're gonna have food, clothing, shelter, and the freedom to sort of live a life that we're happy, you know, where we're happy. 
So if you got a dream, you're weaving away at something, no matter what it is, right? I don't, I don't think it matters what it is. If, if this is like your dream and you're, you're literally creating it, you know, know what it's, know what your time is worth, know what your life and that time you've invested in your life is worth and don't give it up. Don't give it up so easily for fucking anybody. Be happy. That's what I think. Yeah. I'll always do what's best for you. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And maybe it is taking the money or the deal, but maybe it's not right. Like maybe, maybe also lots of people are single. They don't have, you know, it's just about them and they don't mind to live a certain lifestyle like Asmongold. Right. But even if he was making minuscule less than what he makes now, mm -hmm. he would still be doing exactly what he does right now because that's what he freaking likes to do. Yep. So the money is a bonus, like he said. Yeah, same. It's a bonus for him. He's just like, that's cool. Now I can take care of my mom. I don't have to worry about some other things in life that I used to have to worry about. But it doesn't change who I am. I'm still doing exactly what I would do if I if I made $10 per stream or I make $10,000. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I kind of got to that place where it's like, man, I'm, I've got specific things I've been working on behind the scenes to organize things to get them in place to where I can literally get up every day. I can, I got a couple days where I work my day gig, right? My, my one profession I went to school for, I've got the days I do content creation and video production. And I've got the time where I engage in creative endeavors, which are a little less right now, but that's pretty much it. And like literally right now, if I wanted, I could just do that forever and I'm good. Right. So like even what I earn on Twitch and all the other stuff, YouTube or whatever, it's supplemental. It, it's it's trivial. And even if it was a lot, it wouldn't really change like what I'm wanting to do with my time and investment in my life. So sure. yeah, I think it's important. Um, we talked about this on a previous episode. And I don't want to spin this out into yeah. a huge long discussion, but you know, one of the reasons I've 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 maintained this lifestyle now for a long time. Yeah. Um. And I get questioned all the time. Why don't you live in the U.S.? And it's like, well, because I, I've, I'm in a place where I can pursue all of my creative things without needing to make $10,000 a month to cover my cost of living. So oh. when you can do that, I have I have so mm. much. And yes, it's also because I don't have kids. Um, and that's that's less of a choice than just biology, because, you know, we we're just it's not going to happen for us. We've, we've talked about adopting, but it's you know, if it happens, it happens. Um, but I have that space to be creative and I've had that space since I finally said eh, to the construction industry and just said, I don't care what anybody else says and everything else. The internet has provided me with this opportunity. I'm going to take this Do opportunity and make the most of it. Yeah. And so since 2008, I'm going on what, 13, 14 years now, I have been able to do what I always wanted to do since I was a kid, which is pursue creative projects, whether it's creative writing projects, you know, principally, but working in fantasy and science fiction in some way or another and making a living off of it. I have done that now for 14, 15 years. And that's a pretty, yeah, I'm not rich, but at the very least I have been able to do what I wanted to do with my life, which is more than a lot of people can say. It's nothing more valuable, right? There's yeah. nothing more valuable. Yeah. And enjoy waking up, and that's the thing, guys. I want to say this real quick. If you wake up in the morning and you the first thing out of your mouth is a curse word because the day ahead of you, right? 
there's people listening in that situation. True. Right? Yeah. I've been Get there. the fuck out of that situation. Mm. Right. So you may have to work a little extra when to you're not there, at the yeah. day job or what, you know, who knows? It just depends on your skill set and, yeah. and what, what options are on the table for you. Right. But get the fuck out of that immediately. I agree. That may be, that may be even sometimes at the same company you're at, you're just in a low grunt position and you need to, you, you need to figure out a way to move up. It could be that, right. Yeah. It could be lots of things. You just take a look around you, take one day that you're off or one uh, session of hours that you're off and evaluate your life and your options and get out of there. Let me explain why, because you can't live your life like that. This is your only life. You cannot wake up every morning that you're not off for twice a week or once a week uh, or never a week and hate your life every day. You Create adventures to, to pursue, goddammit. Yeah, you got to find a way out of it. And and that's different for everybody. So I can't tell you what it is, but true, find true. your way out of it. ASAP. Start today. Get out of there. Get figured out. I know. I think I think one of my long term goals as a not just like as a creator, content creator or whatever, but just as like a creator in general or as a person with the platform or a person that helps people, it kind of ties into like everything I do in my day gig ties into ties into everything at the core. It's like empowering free thinking, right? Opening of minds and like helping to reinforce others ability to believe in like a vision for themselves like a sure a purpose right no i i don't i don't <laughs> but the yeah i feel like we've, we've slowly i know we've right slowly evolved existential <laughs> right. life-changing like motivational what happened broadcasting which what i love today? it's, it's good it's like yeah aiming with that existential twist yeah. where yeah we, don't just kind of progress in your mmo don't just level up in the mmo you gotta level up your life too a little bit right. you know what i'm saying that's it's all the same it's all the same right man what a, it was a good it was a good it was a good conversation though hopefully hopefully everybody who's been listening to us rant away has enjoyed it because well i don't know what to say i don't know what to say man it all to me ties in together and that's what this damn show is all about in the first place that's right is the wheel well bitches <laughs> speaking of speaking of motherfucking shit to do man i got this show i gotta watch actually i'm at the wait because again that whole man man of principle thing gets me into a place where i said i was gonna watch it with my ladies so come hell or high water i'm gonna fucking wait and watch it if i wasn't that guy i would end i would end the podcast right after this i'd go watch it all right there do what i wanted to do but it's okay i'm man of principle I'll sit here and watch it and go fucking crazy on the inside until I watch it later. It's fine. But friends. Yeah. Grounds I know. I'm holding out. I know. But with that being said, friends, yo, gentlemen, why don't you shout out your domains? Renfell, Nathan, shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not on the show. Um, I do have a YouTube channel where I don't publish a lot recently because I'm too busy with that stuff. But my personal channel is YouTube dot com versus renfill but everything i'm doing right now with my wife and my brother is patreon.com forward slash wandering hermits and everything we've got going on with the weave in the void it's everywhere follow us on twitch yeah. twitch.tv forward slash weave in void um because we are and i think i could say this now because we've kind of officially 20 the 28th of november is when we're going to be starting our first yeah. official stream yep. we're going to be doing one more test session this upcoming Sunday, the 21st. Mm -hmm. So the following Sunday, we're going to be live on that Twitch channel, streaming our D&D &D adventures. So make sure you tune into that. And if you like what we're doing, 
that Patreon is everything that we've got going on. Book chapters, point and click game, tabletop stuff. We, my brother started doing miniature painting today. We've got an Etsy store we're launching. My wife's going to be doing some medieval cloaks and stuff. Lots of stuff coming out of the pipeline. So check that all, all that stuff out. Outstanding. Nathan. Yep. You can find me on YouTube, the Nathan Napalm. Um, and, uh, Lots of lots of content coming. Uh, as always, uh, tonight is the release of uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Uh, oh. So I'll be playing that, and nice. we'll see if I do content on it or not. Though I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to do content on it or not, but maybe. Right? Like uh, I love Pokemon, but I don't advertise it because it's kind of embarrassing. That's how I, I do love NBA, it. <laughs> NBA 2K, NBA, and the NBA games and NBLB, all the sports games. I play for me. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. So I, what's funny is I did release a Pokemon video one time, right? Yeah. And, and the whole the whole intro is nothing but hey guys, don't don't unsubscribe. I play Pokemon. Okay, I like <laughs> it. I played it for a long time. I like. I think it's cool. Uh, but anyway, you can just click X if you want to. Uh, but that video is freaking booms, <laughs> man. Uh, to this day, still gets views. It's in my top ten every freaking week and month. So. I could do it if I want to. You could listen to I just, the people. I I'm mean, a little you know, loyal. I mean, I'm a little loyal to yeah. not becoming a channel for five year olds. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah, just, I, I, that's fair. I kind of, kind of want like my freedom of being an adult channel. So, you know. but anyway, I'm playing that. And I'm also, guys, if you guys have not played, if you like first person shooters even this much, Halo Infinite is free. So multiplayer down on PC, any of the Xboxes, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, mm. or PC. And it runs like a freaking champ, 60 plus frames nonstop, no matter nice. how many people are on screen. The weapons are freaking epic. The gameplay is perfect. The time to kill somebody or get killed is perfect. Every time you die, you know it's your fault. You don't feel like you got ripped off by the game. You always know it's your fault every death. You're like, dang it, if I, if I just did this, it's it is halo is back baby it is good Ooh. it's good oh damn it you guys it's good rip it's unreal really tournament good rip unreal tournament man kind of feels bad a little bit kind of feels bad because i don't know that we'll ever see unreal tournament again no i don't think we will Not- you know there is one the newest one is available yeah it's like super open source and stuff um halo is that that game style though uh it really yeah. is it's it used to not be like the old halos. I didn't feel like were no. unreal style, right? Like no. I really didn't get the same itch, but right. this one, Oh, I'm getting that itch. And unreal terms, my favorite first person shooter of all time. Shit. So, Damn yeah. It. I'm getting that total itch, man. It is fun. Oh, saying that, man, that might, that was probably what just did it. Yeah. That's, that's great. <laughs> time. Halo infinite. Witcher. <laughs> I will, I will go crazy for halo infinite, but I'm not a big multiplayer. Um, yeah, I'm not a big, Player fan, I'll be yeah. checking it out it. now. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! This is the good. time, it's man. Good. This is gonna be a good time. We got The Witcher, The Expanse. We got freaking Will of Time, all coming up within the next now until the end of the year. Technically, within the next thirty days. Where I mean, pretty much, it's like a thirty-day window of a bunch of really good stuff to to do. Yep. In my my opinion, and then on top of that, um. Yeah, all the other stuff and things like D&D that's coming up that we're going to be doing like 28th moving forward. So everybody, much love, friends. 60 episodes in, right? And forward and onward. I want you all to have a really great night. As always, walk in the light. And don't forget, might be the end of today's show. We're always looking for more. Join the party. Ransom plenty, friends. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you real soon, friends. Bye for now. Will time for the win, right? You. Yeah.